Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Scott and Paul's Rambling Podcast. Scott and Paul's Rambling Podcast. Hello. A very special episode of the podcast. As it is. As we have the first edition of In Your Gaff. Yes, that is the name. Gaff. That is the name we're sticking with. And the, and the gaff today... Would... Purely for copyright reasons. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> technically we're in someone's gaff every week when we do this. We're in your gaff, Paul. Aye. And we're in your gaff again today to talk about the first In Your House of the very long In Your House series. You say that like you don't like it, Scott. How, how so? You went very long well, in your house Well, online people know that there's going to be a lot of these episodes there because is. there's quite a few to go through. Cause From it, it, 1995 to 1999. Yes. But we'll cover that when we get to it. So, Even though I think that's a little disputed myself. Well, they have the in your house in the title, even though the in your house part isn't the focus, they're still an in your house. See, in my in my view, that still classes it as an in your house. I know what I mean. I mean... After the last one, they stopped using In Your House, so that's why it's the end yeah. of In Your House. And in fairness, some of the pay-per-views that were birthed from that mm-hmm. were quite shit, in my opinion. But anyway, we're here to talk about In Your House 1 from yes. 1995. The in Your House premiere, mm-hmm. as it's sometimes yeah. called. Yeah, because for the first few In Your House, up, right up until, I believe it's the one after WrestleMania 12, the Good Friends, Better Enemies. Yeah, that's a Good paper. That's a good one with a good main event. That. That's where they officially started using actual subtitles to differentiate. Yeah. Like along with it, but whereas with these ones, they would just be called. Well, mainly when they first came, it would be <sighs> in your house one or in your house two, three, four, yeah, etc. But then with certain ones, with these ones, upon certain releases, they would have a wee extra title with them. So after this came out, they would have premiered on it. Well, I had that one uh, in your house. It's time. Yeah, that would Which be was supposed to feature Vader, but it did not actually feature Vader. Yeah, this is that would be the end of Night Sense. This is after they started using subtitles. So yeah, so yeah, technically this is called In Your House Premiere. Yeah, yeah, or just In Your House, house One. <laughs> in Your House Episode One: The Phantom Menace. <laughs> <laughs> totally. No, I mean no, no, no. I did say because I didn't bring it a double edged like saber to get to tag Diesel. <laughs> <laughs> How do you win the title? By murder. <laughs> With the power of the force. <laughs> but before we get into In Your House, Paul, how are you? Because I generally do want to know. I mean, I, I'm I know gen- this every uh, Well, week. generally, I I am, and I'm assuming much like yourself, I am fucking cold. Mm-hmm. We are now in the winter months. Mm-hmm. It is chilly as fuck. Yeah, no, I mean, so we live in Scotland. So yeah, it's... It's Scotland, it's cold. Mm-hmm. I'm cold, and I have a sore hand. Because the other day I was having a laugh with my kid and decided to chase him around the coffee table, mm-hmm. walking like a penguin. <laughs> you know, and I thought this do. was really funny. He thought it was really funny too, and he was playing up and going, "Ah, shit!" <laughs> and I slipped on a magazine, which was on the floor, which is why my floor is sparkly clean now. I slipped on a magazine, 
sparkly clean isn't the word I'd use. It's slightly less, slightly less cluttered than you'd expect it to be. It's fucking clean enough, man. But I slipped on a magazine, fell over, and landed funny on my hand, and thought I'd broken my finger. Mm-hmm. I hadn't, thankfully. I can bend it, but it was still quite painful. <laughs> so, I did that, and I went for a lovely meal with the family the other day to celebrate my brother's new employment. Oh, good for him. You know, he's changing jobs. He's looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Went to a lovely place called the Beef Eater. Mm-hmm. Great food. Great food, great service. I gave compliments to the chef on the quality of that burger, man. It was... And you know how sometimes, I don't know if it's like when you're just really fucking hungry or the food is really fucking good, but I basically inhaled that fucking (laughs) burger, man. It came to the table with the little skewer at the top and I was like, gone, skewer. Um." I think think it's a mix of both in that you were very hungry, but also how good it was. Yeah, well, I'd made a point because the last time we'd gone to eat we went out for my birthday... And we went to a place and I ordered the burger and the burger was about the size of my fucking head. <laughs> and I... I, I believe you told this story on the Yeah, I, I couldn't even finish the damn thing. Mm. You know, I couldn't. I couldn't. But I finished that burger, damn it. All through sad, you were like, it's a sense of personal shame that I could not finish that well, burger. Well, it is a sense of personal shame for me because I do not like food wastage. Well, yeah. I, I hate it. I have a... It's a personal bugaboo of mine. Mm-hmm. And if I if I, I feel it's a slight to my own self, mm-hmm. if I cannot finish a plate of food, I have wronged myself. Paul, you know, Paul has dishonoured him and his family. <laughs> I've dishonoured myself and my gluttonous nature <laughs> when I cannot finish a plate of food. And considering that I am quite a slight gentleman, mm-hmm. I am a greedy, greedy bastard. Yeah, <laughs> I really I've am. Seen, yeah. I mean, your thing with the. The finger, is that any more or any less stupid than the time me and my cousin were randomly sliding down the stairs and he sat on two of my fingers and ended up fracturing them? Oh, God damn, that must have hurt. Yeah, I mean, it stung at the time, I didn't realise how bad it actually was, and then I had to get basically a plaster for like two weeks. Did you have to walk around doing the the Vulcan sign for two weeks? Yeah, basically my two fingers were just taped together. Yeah. Basically, although if I wanted to give somebody the two fingers, Aye. then well, it wouldn't it work so well if you had them together like that? You're like, yeah. <laughs> I think the message would be clear. Though. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> well, I had a friend in school actually. Had a thing like that. He he broke his foot. Yeah. Like just fucking around, but you know it took him ages to realise he had actually broken his foot. <laughs> he thought it was just sore. He walked a boot on it for a fortnight before he actually went to the doctors. And the doctor went, Ah, oh, you broke that. <laughs> I, fr- I, fr- I don't know what I'm saying, but I fractured my wrist once and it took me two days to realise that I had. Yeah. And I was using my right hand, I was using the, I thought, oh, my hands, the arm's a bit sore. That's but, just hardy Scottishness, man. Yeah. you like, you're that Scottish, you don't realise you broke something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't mind it's kind of not as bad as his because he, he broke his fucking foot, he has to walk around on that, but yeah. you know. So yeah. I think, so somewhere in that, you don't notice it. That's it. Just a scratch. <laughs> Tis but a scratch. <laughs> oh, I've seen a t-shirt I really want in yeah. HMV. It was a picture of the Black Knight from White Python with his arm cut off with a blood spurner just saying, Tis but a scratch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I, ma- I managed to get somebody's back up on Facebook and all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, was, I was on my nostalgic 90s page uh-huh. and I posted a Marilyn Manson video mm-hmm. and some gentleman decided to post me some Bible quotations. He thought, y'all need Jesus. Yeah, y'all need Jeebus. <laughs> you know, but Jeebus, Jeebus likes you. But you know, he was he was soundly 
slagged the fuck, but not by me, but by everyone else who had loved and liked the fucking video. <laughs> he went, he went, come on, yeah. piss off all that shit. <laughs> I don't even know why something like that is even in this page. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. know what the nineties is. The nineties is a diverse thing, like. Very different from nowadays. There's no diversity in the world nowadays. Mm. Well, none that warrants any mention. I know, I'm just saying, like, it seems weird that somebody would be in a group like this and yet complain about some what someone else is sharing. Yeah, yeah. Even if you don't like it, you shouldn't be moaning about yeah, it and posting don't, your Bible quotes. Don't fucking post your Bible push. Mm-hmm. You know, because, you know, for the most part, people don't care. I know, I mean, that's not what they're part of this page for, like, you know why I joined this nightly speech? To hear some good old Bible quotes. Yeah, to try and to try and cure people of their ill and love of Marilyn Manson. <laughs> so do you know what I did? I posted another Marilyn Manson <laughs> video just to go, meh, fuck you. I was gonna say basically saying, fuck you. Well I was I was I was thinking of posting one. I was trying to find a gif mm-hmm. of Marilyn Manson ripping the Bible to fuck. Right. To post for him just to go, go on, say something now. Go on, go on. It's like poking the bear. I know. <laughs> Poke, well, poking the bear with the inverted cross. So you've had an eventful week, haven't you? You hurt your finger, you went out for dinner, and you annoyed a Jeebus man. Yes. <laughs> who's, who's middle name, for enough, was Jesus. <laughs> so you've had an eventful week, haven't you? Oh, yes, and in cleaning my living room. I found an unopened bag of party mix. <laughs> Yay, sweeties! That's because I haven't had uh, well a week worth really commenting on. I don't think because I've not really been up to much. But I can say if you've seen Eat Sleep Suplex Reviews YouTube, which I think we've shared on social media. If we haven't, we'll <sighs> we will we'll do so after this. We're our new title, the ESSR three sixty five title, which is basically the twenty four seven title. And who's the champ? This guy. This guy. He's the champ. Where I sneakily stole the tight championship. I, will, I won it fairly, but by seemingly sneaky means, by defeating Kurt, then champion Nathan. I mean, I love yeah. the guy, but you know, it's a fair game when the title's fair on. game, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, some stuff has been filmed. We have plans for filming at the weekend, because a group of us we used to all be day out to watch war games, so some stuff may be getting filmed there. Will I hold on to the title? I might, I might not. I you hope did. you do. You never know. I mean, I'm technically still the predictions. Like, mean, I'll be your champ. sleazy heel manager that yeah. helps you retain it. <laughs> I'm Mr. Fuji to him. Yes. <laughs> Don't want to be Mr. Fuji. Why not? Well, he's little. <laughs> I'll be. I'll be. Uh... He's little. That's your excuse. That's your yeah. reason. Yeah, he's little. <laughs> I was going to say, oh, well, you could say else I had Jim Cornette, but oh, you don't want to be Jim Cornette for multiple reasons. Have you heard what Silly Arse done? What did he do now? He got went and got himself sacked from the, uh, well, he says he resigned, but he got sacked from the NWA <sighs> for saying a, a joke, you know, a joke when saying about Trevor Marlin. The only guy I know who can take, tape a bucket of fried chicken to his back and ride a motorbike through Ethiopia. <laughs> <laughs> Should I not be laughing at that? Probably not, given that Ethiopia in the past has been is known for having family. No, they did one the band aids on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, still. Also, also, also I agree. No with one it. has a sense of humor these days. I know, but then again, like I don't think he. I, I don't want to seem like not too snowflakey. I don't know some people accuse me of that. I don't want to be seen as that, but he probably shouldn't have. Yeah. Have said that. Yeah, he probably shouldn't have said it, but you know what? When funny's funny. You know, like it's one of the things where like those these things were taped back at the end of September, start of October. 
Like this has been a, that was a month ago. Like, is is there nobody who watched it back and thought mm, maybe some people might kick a fuss up about this? Yeah. When you think about it, like when stuff's pre-taped, like you gotta think this poor, poor decision making on your part. End of yeah. you think like you don't look through. It makes it look like you don't look at your stuff back to yeah. make sure. You're supposed to like fucking go through it. Edit it, and at the time, maybe say to him, you know, maybe put a curb on those jokes that ain't good Aye. shit. Don't wait a month and then fire him and go, that's not right. <laughs> well, you didn't fucking check, did you? I know, I mean, well, if it's live, you can apologise at the time, but also, and then look to move on, and then in later showings of it, edit it then. Yeah. But, but then when it's edited, you've got plenty of time, and so, like, I can't remember who said it on Twitter, but I think they best summed up the situation, like, finding that a man, a 50-plus-year-old man from Kentucky is... Is making racial joke, racially racial offensive jokes, is the least surprising news of twenty nineteen. How how is it racially offensive? Well, also I think the like a fried chicken thing has also been used as a stereotype that they assume. Back in the day, because was a, he was from Kentucky. You know, but then fried chicken going to Ethiopia, and, which is an African, which is part of Africa, and I don't want to get into the ins yeah. and outs of it, but like. See, that's why, that's why people want such snowflakes nowadays, because they need to fucking read into the grey area of everything and pick a, pick a complaint out of it, you know? And don't also, don't, uh, don't analyse it to fuck just so you can find the reason to bitch about it. Just uh, I know, that's not what I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to say, like, I'm trying yeah. to explain. I'm tr- oh, I know, I know. I know, I know but I'm trying to... I find it difficult to explain why, because I just, like... At the end of the day, it was a shit joke anyway, and he probably shouldn't have made it in the first place. Yeah. See that? See when someone says, oh, it's a shit joke, you probably, it's probably bad bad form making a joke like that. You don't need to make a joke like that. You fucked yourself. Mm-hmm. See that? See, the people that hear a joke like that and then need to analyse it to fuck and go, you were wrong because you said this and this and this and maybe this and this and this. They're like, fuck off. Just say he's wrong, move on. Mm-hmm. Like, it's one of the things, like, I know that's not it's low down the rest of complaints, but also he shouldn't have said it and it was a shit joke. It was like the one, I don't know if I don't want to get into it, the old Jordan Miles, formerly ACH and now currently ACH again because he's left every week. Yeah. He's an African American man who had was moaning that he, a t shirt that was designed for him he felt was racist and he kicked up a fuss about it. Yeah, I remember that. And uh, some people pointed out like the t shirt shit anyway. Like <laughs> the only reason t shirt was made is because they were rushing out a bunch of basically shit designs. Yeah. And he was basically told, like, he meant, meant at the time, like, I felt uncomfortable with it, but I was told, oh, this is what people higher up want. And then when he talked to Triple H, Triple H was told, I thought, I was told you were okay with his t-shirt. Like, I thought it was your, like, choice. Yeah. So basically, his, his one's more of a, he said, she said, and, like, people, people being arseholes and telling some lies. But yeah. well, I mean, in regards to Jim Cornette, I mean, he's, in the business of wrestling, he, he, I've always thought he was good. But in his personal opinions and things like that, I've always thought he's pretty fucking, mm-hmm. pretty skewed. He does have some fucked up opinion. But you can't fault the guy's history in wrestling. It's really one of the things you shouldn't be surprised that he said it. Yeah. Because of the reason also, he's been, not been, it's not the first time this year he's been gotten into trouble for something he said on, like, like online. He, there's a wrestler called Sonny Kiss, he's a gay man who, he's gimmick, his appearance and gimmick makes him seem, he's sexually kind of ambiguous, but he is a male and he is gay, and then uh, Jim Cornette referred, said he looked like a transvestite, which annoyed him. <laughs> and he preferred to a female wrestler, Jordan Grace from Impact. He, he made comments about her looks and 
he called her Butterface or something like that. Which Jordan Grace, she got like that belt chick. Yeah, from oh, she's good. I, like I know. Him. And basically, he basically criticised her appearance on. She looks fine. I know. And you know what? She'd kick his ass. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> She'd <laughs> kick the shit out of him. It was one of the things like I think she's getting ready to go into a match with uh, ah fucking what's her face. Current Impact Women's Champ. Taya Valkyrie. Taya Valkyrie, that's it. Mm. I keep fucking f- getting her mixed up with Tennille Dashwood. <laughs> which, I find, which I find hard to believe because they look fairly different. No, it's just the names when it comes to my head. I'm like, Taya, Tennille. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like... But they do look incredibly different. Mm-hmm. I mean, Taya, Taya Valkyrie is all, you know, like... Taya Valkyrie. <laughs> and Tennille Dashwood is kind of stupid looking with those... Tiny gloves. Yeah. She's a great wrestler, but her whole image is kind of stupid to me. But that, before anyone fucking has a stroke or something, that's just a personal opinion, mm-hmm. you know. I didn't really want to be talking about Jim Cronin on this podcast, other than the fact he appears in your house, but like... Yeah. I didn't, so I didn't mean for that to go in that. Because like I said, I didn't have much to say other than the, I won the 365 title. And, and you did it well. And I won the main title in the SSR back at full gear, so I'm technically a double champion. I am the undisputed well, let, ESSR champion. Well, let's add some more happiness onto that. Look, mm. little cola bottle. <laughs> yes, I am the ESSR undisputed champion. <laughs> Ooh, and there was my choice. And if there is no more titles mm-hmm. within your organisation, you're a Grand Slam champion too. Mm-hmm. Or technically double crown because it's only two. Oh, yeah. there you go. You're a double crown winner. Mm-hmm. The double champion. The double champion, yes. It's for sure cool to say. But other than that, like, I had the day I'm knackered out drinking the Monster Energy. Well, you have your coffee. No, I don't. Oh, well, <laughs> not anymore. my coffee. But I'm doing this because I'm not a morning person and I had to get be in town, in, no, sorry, in Partick. For an appointment at ten past nine this morning. I'm not a morning person. I need to ease into my routine. Yes. Like the like the club in black books. Half ten. I've never been up at half ten. What happens? <laughs> that is me. That yeah. sums me up in the morning. So I've got my monster energy and something that annoys me. Because I've randomly been drinking more monster energy recently, and this keeps happening. That when I go to like a self-service checkout, if I've got one or two rooms, like I'm just buying the can of Monster itself. Yeah. I will go to the self-service checkout, you know, scan it. And the whole challenge 25 thing comes up. The same one you use alcohol. And then obviously people in the shops know that obviously I'm old yeah. enough here. And they know they know it's a bit so they just come over, quite a wee button. And then off they go and I can proceed on my way. Yeah. I don't have to show ID unless, like I would if I was buying alcohol, like... Depending I think on where that's I go. Ridiculously stupid. You know, well, I'm trying to think, like, what the hell is with the Challenge 25 with with the energy drink? I know there's a lot of caffeine and shit in this, but, like, I don't get I don't get this. There's not enough sugar in it anymore, though. Mm. Why, they cut this one as well? Because I haven't heard the. Cut everything, man. I don't think, I don't think they touched Monster Energy, really. I hadn't. Was it Rockstar they fucked up? I don't know, I don't hear anything about that. I just, I just don't get the idea because like if somebody needs ID like the, I don't know why you need ID for energy drinks because if you're under eighteen, like, uh, I don't know how to explain it. I just find it very stupid. More to the point, right? If you need ID to buy an energy drink because of the caffeine, mm-hmm. by their stupid logic, you should need ID to buy a jar of coffee. I know. Just saying. I know. You know. 
And then we're, what kind of world would we live in when you need an ID for a jar of fucking Nescafe? I know. <laughs> uh, it's, it's just stupid. It's one of these new rules I don't get. Yeah. Because, like... I knew the world was going to shit the minute we banned smoking in pubs. <laughs> and that was 13 years ago now. I, I was not expecting so early in fucking development. And this is what's, what's wrong with the world today. Like, yeah. I want this to be a happy show. Like, look, in your house, look at how but things no, work. But no, we've gone on to a grandpa rant. Yeah, I know. Well, you have. You started it. No, you started... I, mean, I briefly mentioned Jim Cornette and how he got sacked and how he's a stupid <laughs> old man. And now we're on to fucking ID for coffee. But anyway, but Jim Cornette is a fud though. Aye. We use wee fuzzy tennis racket. <laughs> We're not going to be doing Freezer today because obviously we want In Your House to be focused and then we've got to talk about Savar series afterwards because yep. serious business, we've got predictions <coughs> to be made. We do. So we'll be having a double Freezer review next week, which will be the official start of season four. But if you've not got anything else to talk about, do you want to just jump straight into well, it? I want to jump straight into it. In your house premiere, and we'll we will discuss firstly. Mm-hmm. I think the the poster for the show. Yeah, you know, Diesel looking as usual. Mm-hmm. I couldn't give two fucks face, <laughs> and said with his usual, "Look at me, I'm angry and psychotic face." That, that, as I was saying last week, the veins popping out of his neck. Yeah, yeah, and it's a premier World Wrestling Federation mega event. <laughs> yeah. Mm. No. I want to talk about the, the show itself. This was on May 14th, 1995 from Syracuse, New York. Yep, I was 10. Hmm. In front of 7,000 fans. What age were you, Scott? I wasn't born yet. Yeah. It's been up for another year. What? Why is it so <laughs> annoying for you that, oh, you, oh you're right, I am younger than you? So what? We still think mostly the same on most things. I know, I just don't like being older. You're still younger than most people, though. I know, I know. They're thinking of all the people you're older than. Think of all the people you're younger than. It's like the glass half full instead of half empty approach. See, now Paul's got a smile on his face. Moving on, back to the important I'm thing. I'm making a little gummy teddy bear. <laughs> but back to, you know, it's like 7,000 fans, and to be fair, they were quite loud throughout the show. Yeah. For the most part, even though, like, the top of 1995 is considered one of the worst years financially for... WWF Financially, but the fans still dug it, mostly. Yeah, those who stuck around were very loyal. And yeah. their th- 0.83 buy rate, which it translates to 332,000 people bought this show on pay-per-view. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if that's meant to be a good thing. I know, it, obviously, for a B pay-per-view, like the Ender House is basically where they start the whole B pay-per-view era. Then I think that's a good one. Also, if this was a bigger pay per view like a WrestleMania or SummerSlam, that would be considered a bad thing. I have to disagree with you on that one just ever so slightly. What? what um... And if I had a, a B pay per view, mm-hmm. when when it first came out, totally. Yeah. B pay per view, but see when it got into its flow. Yeah. I thought it stood just on the same level with all the other ones. At times they were better sometimes. Yeah, there are some quite like big moments on future in your house shows, but like I think the idea of, like you have your big four yeah. and you have a big four for a reason. And outside of that, most other shows are considered for the most part B shows. Yeah. And I think this was a start this was around at the time where you started getting monthly pay per views within your house because WWE slowly which surely started that. They would introduce November was starting to not have any pay-per-views, but then they introduced World War Three later this year, and mm. slowly but surely they were doing monthly pay-per-views as well. So, 
this was a thing with WWE to try and they wanted to start doing monthly shows. So in this show, I don't know to talk about what your version was, Paul. You were watching your VHS tape. The I, was actually, version. I was actually wrong. Mm -hmm. I checked it. Two of the four dark matches are actually on the tape. Yeah, we'll get into that. So because either one time for your own, because my version that was on the network was one hour and forty minutes, which for as a modern fan, an hour and forty minutes for a pay per view seems a bizarre, bizarrely short length of a pay per view because like you've seen how long like like modern WrestleManias are these days. They last Very forever. They feel like they go on for a whole day. Yeah, but if you. If you look at the match times mm -hmm. of some of the matches, is it's insane. I mean, the longest match like that was actually televised was like fourteen minutes. Yeah, that was the first. Was the well, that was the first televised match was Brett against Takushi. That was fourteen minutes and thirty nine seconds. And I believe that's the longest one that's actually televised. I believe so because the main event itself is the main event itself is eleven minutes. Eleven minutes thirty one. Before that, we'll talk about. There's a dark match before the show and the few after, but we'll talk about the one that was before the show. Yep. Jean Pierre Lafitte, who's currently still wrestling as PCO Ryan, reviewed for USSR. He's about yep. to get that plug in there. Defeated Bob Holly, who's, yep. I think, by this time is still Sparky Plug. Yeah. Bob Thurman. Sparky Plug Holly. Yeah, he was Thurman and now he's transitioning to being just Bob. Yeah, he was Thurman Sparky Plug. And now he's just Bob. Now he's just Bob. <laughs> Yeah, let's talk about this like this being like it's weird that in the worst year financially for the you have to start saying let's do more shows let's ask for more for more people's money oh it's probably a case of, like we're doing shit financially so mm. if we do all our shows we'll make up the difference it's just weird because like Eric Bristol talked about in the days before WWE took off like NWO and that and started mm. making money like they were losing money every time they did a house show and weirdly, one of the guys in charge had decided the best idea was to increase the number of house shows. Like, <laughs> so that's one of the things. Like, you're losing money. Like, nobody's coming to shows or nobody's buying. Like, a lot of people, less people are buying shows. So yeah. the solution is do more shows that people have to buy. In this match, I mean, the time of this match is unknown according uh, to Wikipedia. Yeah, the the credible source of information that is Wikipedia. Oh, totally. But I was gonna say, like, my, mine was an hour and four minutes. Do you know what the runtime was on your VHS tape? You're, you're... I didn't take the time to check that. No. I'm no. sure, like, I'm pretty sure yours includes one or two matches that I didn't have, which we'll get onto later on. So yeah. I'm assuming yours is a longer one thing. See, this is good. This is the difference between your your version and the one I'm watching because I'm just using the networks. Yeah, the network stiffs you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it was a case of like we want a more. Kind of a shorter, like two hour. It's kind of like what they did when they brought back the brand player and they were doing the single movies, like, especially the smaller mm. ones. They'd be like two and a bit hours, only five or six matches, or like like in a takeovers, it's like only five matches across the two and a bit hour. So it's, it's a smaller show, but you get more. You get more, and you get like these fun matches. You only get these matches that need to be on preview, but the live crew get a bit extra because they get matches that no one else sees. They thought we don't want people to pay money how much they were paying for tickets because I know they would be charging maybe a bit lower given how. Attendance was dwindling. Yeah, but still, yeah. You, you you pay your money or ticket, and you only get six matches. They thought let's give them one or two more just for the live crew to make it worth their while. Yeah, the thing is though, and when we get to it, I'm gonna, mm -hmm. I will get to it. But honestly, 
one of the dark matches, mm -hmm. like I say, goes overtime for that Brett match, mm -hmm. and well, like four minutes overtime for the main event, mm -hmm. the Undertaker Kama match. Right. That's fifteen minutes plus. Right. But uh, you you said you were ten minutes. Time. You I get uh, forgetting when you were watching when you weren't. Were you still watching this point? At this point. I wasn't watching, like, I don't believe at that point I was watching current WWF. Yeah. I think I was just, like, at the time going to the video store and, yeah. you know, renting pay-per-views. Mm -hmm. And at this point, I think I was about, I think I was a good five years, mm -hmm. like, back. Yeah. You know, because I was still watching, like, Golden Era pay-per-views and yeah. shit like that. In your head, Hulk Hogan is still a part of the WWF at this point. Yeah, at this point. But, I mean... At the same time, I was still buying WWF magazine. Yeah. yeah I mean, so I was reading things, like I was reading about Undertaker, Tatanka, mm -hmm. shit like that, you know. So, I think the first time you were seeing this is when you got, like, a tape later on. Most likely, yeah. you know. So, like I said, it's like, this is the first of the in-your-houses, this is mm. uh, the month after WrestleMania, the month before King that, of the Rings, so it's accurate. right between... Two of the big, like, or big five, because yeah. King of the Ring was a big deal back then. I was never current with my viewing, but I was always up to date with my knowledge with yeah. the magazine. See, you didn't, even though you weren't watching what was going on, you knew. Yeah, I, I knew what was happening. Yeah. I knew who was up and who was down <laughs> and who was around. <laughs> yeah. Can I talk about this this video package for a second that opens in your house? Because yeah. Because a lot of people talk about, and WWE, to their credit, is usually very good with their video packages. But this one is less a video package just basically telling you, this is what's happening. Yeah. Because, like, you think the, the key matches usually get uh, a focus, like Diesel v Sid and then maybe the handicap match or Brett, it, the fact that Brett's wrestling twice. The intro package is more like, mm -hmm. it's more like a highlights package Yeah. than, a, than an intro package, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah, no, like, it's not very exciting, like, it's... Like the, the there's a handicap match we that Razor Ramon's in it's like the idea of him fighting against two men and Bret Hart having to wrestle twice and also the challenge of Diesel having to hold on to the title so those are kind of your key matches that they'll yeah. get the main like you'll get a quick flash of the other guys who are involved in the show but no you get every match even Adam Ball and Mabel gets a gets a brief mention yeah and also this first in your house I don't think they continued it much after this one and thankfully they didn't as we'll get to later. But this was sold on the premise, someone is going to win a house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was selling a house randomly. And so that guy, and then this random, also, in the intro page and throughout the night, they're really leaning on, on the house vibe. They're always yeah. making house puns like, I'm coming in your house. Mm. Oh, is someone going to pull the rug out from under this guy? <laughs> He's coming right in your house. Like, well. It's like back in the days where like, Oh, this Sunday there's gonna be no mercy for you because we're in a match at no mercy. Like, yeah, there'll be no way out for you. Well, also uh, the phenomenal commentary team of Vince and Doc Hendricks. Oh, I, I remember I seen I knew Vince was gonna be on commentary and I made my feelings clear about Vince. I'm not as fan because like he goes from loud like very throat burning Vince like where are are yeah. <laughs> and then he goes, and then he doesn't call any moves. He goes oh look at that yeah oh what a move like. Vince would not be a good commentator for the blind if you're doing a verse for the blind. Like, oh, look at that. I can't. Describe the move to me, you idiot. Nothing's happening. Nothing's <laughs> happening. Nothing's happening. Cena won. A lot of people look pissed. 
Granted, I'm stealing that partly from Family Guy when Brian's <laughs> describing the Blair Witch to a blind guy, but you get the feeling. Yeah, I get it. But then Doc Hendricks shows up, and I thought, oh, goody, it gets even better. <laughs> also, Doc Hendricks is a commentator with a fud. Hey, Doc Hendricks, for those aren't aware, is, is Michael Hayes, and I don't get why he was just called Michael Hayes. Like, Michael. P.S. Hayes. Do you know what P.S. stands for? Purely sexy, apparently. Oh, good God. Allegedly. But well, he was a free bird, wasn't he? <laughs> I mean, I don't know why. I know there would be a lot of young. There's a lot of younger fans at this time because of the weird cartoony gimmicks they were doing at the time, so they wouldn't know who Michael Hayes was. But I'm sure there'd be at least a section of the crowd who knew who he was, or like, or Russell, for instance, who the fuck would care if he if he just called him Michael Hayes? Because even if they don't know him, I don't think they'd really care. They just see him as that guy. Who shows up occasionally. More of the point, didn't he go up, go back to Michael Hayes when he briefly managed the Hardys? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was when the time they were, just, they were more keen on using people's real names. Yeah. Whereas, we're in this time, everyone seems to have a gimmick. Yeah. See, I'm fine with Doc Hendricks when he just randomly appears backstage as an interviewer saying, Hey, look, new shit, buy it, buy yeah. this merch. <laughs> but the thing, like, I'm going to sit through, sit, listen to him for the whole bloody show. And basically, he's trying desperately to fill, like, the Lawler role. Similarly, I'm calling it is it less pervy. Yeah. I mean, anyone's less pervy compared to Jerry Lawler. Yeah. But he's, he's seemingly trying to fill that role and doesn't do the best job of that, I don't think. I think, like, in the annals of, like, WWF commentary teams, let's just say it as it is, the commentary <laughs> duo of Michael Hayes and Vince McMahon was not a very well thought out one. I mean, I've listened to, I've seen a paper review, I think it was one of the UK ones, where I think it was JR and Michael Hayes. Yeah. And not even JR can, can, help, can, can help Michael Hayes, so what chance does Vince McMahon have? Mm. But I want to talk about the set as well. <laughs> Michael because, Hayes and Vince McMahon, is like the blind leading the blind. I know. Could talk about the set. Also, this classic in your house says it's like it looks like the front bit of a house. I like the classic set, man. See, like this one looks like in later ones the set would look a lot better, but for this first one, yeah. it looked kind of crap. And I think like <laughs> knowing how bad they were doing financially, like like this is the oh, this is the best we can afford. They probably got a bunch of guys to just knock it together at the last minute. Look right. like, that'll do you. Found a couple of boxes and painted them. <laughs> And also they're talking about the whole, they've got this random box at the front of the stage where people, guys would pass, filled with all these letters, basically people submitting their name to try and win that house. Mm. But we'll go into our first match, shall we? Which is the first of two matches that Brett the Hitman Hart will be wrestling. First off, they'll be going against Hakushi. Hakushi. Who, I must say, this is the first time I actually, I think I've ever actually watched Hakushi. Did you like him? I really enjoyed Hakushi, yeah. like... He's a Japanese wrestler, oh, I think you can say that from the name, he was accompanied by his associate Shinji, Shinja, Shinju. Right. I don't know why I kept saying Shinji, it seems more like the gingerbread man from Bloody. Yeah, but he looked, he looked, I mean, visually he looked cool. Yeah, he had the, the symbols painted on him. Yeah, but I mean just his entrance look, you know, yeah. when he come down with like, full white gear. No, but when you look at him like, basically Hakushi is foreign, therefore in WF logic he is evil. Yeah, yeah. And you look at them like, could they make him any more stereotypical evil Japanese man if they tried? Yeah, but it was it was solid in the ring. Oh right? yeah, in the ring yeah, it was solid, solid as hell. And also the, as I said, the painted symbol was something they would try again with Lord Tensai but wouldn't be as successful. Yeah, uh, ball bag. Especially that match he had with Randy Orton where he sweat so much he started, the paint started dripping there were just black spots on the mat. Yeah. <laughs> which I thought was funny. But, yeah, he's fighting Bret Hart because, according to this clip, Bret Hart was being honoured by Japanese media and that made Hakushi very angry. So he attacked Bret Hart. 
and also he's he's already had issues with with Jerry Law and Jerry Law said, "Oh, you're trying to avoid me by not fighting me in your house or, and fighting who you." So Perry went, "All right, I'll fight you and all then." All right. The thing is, well, that well, right, and I've got to say this. Hakushi, right? When I was occasionally able to watch like an episode of like Raw or something back then, because sometimes I got to see an episode, right? If I was at somebody's place or something. Yeah. And I saw Hakushi and I thought, damn, this guy's going to be really good. This guy's going to go. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the time when I was younger, I would see people who I thought they were going to be something. Mm-hmm. And they would never quite get to be something. And it was always. And this is when I started really hate this. I think was my catalyst of really hating baby faces, mm-hmm. like despising baby faces to an insane degree, <laughs> because every time somebody I really liked mm-hmm. was getting to that, you know, like almost grabbing that fucking, mm-hmm. they would come up against Bret Hart mm-hmm. or some wank like that, mm-hmm. and you knew fine well, like when they came in, they were like, "Oh, he's undefeated going into this match," and you were like, "He's going to fucking lose to that cunt." I know, because they mentioned that Hakushi is undefeated as well. Yeah. Also, it is the Bret Hart's promo they cut backstage. Oh, also, that's also, cringy, man. Also, this is, they say it's Mother's Day in America because also Mother's Day is a, is a different day. Why like, is he telling Jerry Lawler? Yeah, you know, <laughs> Jerry Lawler, this is Mother's Day, I'm going to dedicate this match to my mother. She's back at home. <laughs> I know, there's a lot of Mother's Day... Shite. Because like in, in the UK obviously Mother's Day is in March and whereas it's in May for some reason in America, yeah, I don't yeah. know why. And also they do things differently. I don't know <laughs> if this was maybe a pre tape or if it was live. I don't know, but I think somebody messed up because Brett had a lot to say when his music still hit, so he had, he had quite a bit of his promo uh, there. No, so no. I think someone might have thought of it, so Brett seemed to have to rush through. It's like when you see it in an award show, someone's giving a speech and they start playing that, wrap it up, like get off stage music. Uh, Basically like, and thank you to... <laughs> I'm a mother. <laughs> but like, yeah, so we've mentioned his mum and it wouldn't be the first time, mostly, that he, like, freaking Razor Ramon mentioned her. Diesel rather depressingly for the babyface champion went, oh yeah, I remember I lost my, this is my first Mother's Day without my mother. And like, thanks Diesel. Thanks for that, man. Thanks for that, man. Keep it, keep it chipper, man. Yeah. Happy, go, way, happy go, lucky baby face. Big daddy cool. Do daddy cool. <laughs> I know. So, uh, Bret Hart. That, and this is a weird thing for Bret Hart because for much of '95, Bret is the guy who's they clearly don't know what to do with him because you've got Diesel, who they want to be as their big guy. That's why he's got the belt yeah. for so long. And below Diesel, your other crew sets are Shawn Michaels, Bret, and Taker. Yeah. And also they like Sean, they're pretty John Taker's an attraction, so they're always gonna have something for him. Sid's kind of floating around there. Yeah. And they've got Brett who's a former champion. They think right, Brett's there, he's very popular as you see the crowd were chatting a lot. Yeah. When she was in the ring waiting for Brett, people were chatting, we want Brett. And this is a case of what do we do with him? He was kinda of like when Finn Balor came by and they wouldn't give him his universal title, ooh, shut, Rematch, shut. Yeah. So he would just be random feels like Finn Balor versus Baron Corbin. Yeah. Versus Elias versus Bray Wyatt. Yeah, he just be, he was just floating a bit. Except Brett's feuds were more courteous, given the time frame he's in. Because in a few shows he'll be facing Jean Pierre Lafitte yeah. in a feud over a jacket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so it's weird, and also what is it with us covering shows that Bret Hart wrestles on twice? Because we did it at SummerSlam, Nasty mm. We fought Doink and then Jerry Lawler. It just happens to be a thing. Yeah, I think it's more. Taking the piss out of me because I don't like him. I know, it's just. And then I have to review him twice. It's this this big fuck you to you. Yeah. Oh, fuck you, Brett. It's one of the things, it's the new generation era, so it's a focus on like in ring guys, guys who can really go and 
out of any, as we said in the SummerSlam review, if any of it, one of the few people at the team who could actually go double duty, and they mentioned it on the show, is Bret Hart. Yeah. And they do, like, they do make, as much as I slide the contract, they do make some good points in that either Bret gives it everything he's got against someone like Kakushi, but then causes himself to exert so much energy that he's weak going into his match with Lawler. Yeah. Or he, he conserves energy for Lawler and risks uh, getting caught off guard by Hakushi. So, basically implying this is a lose-lose situation for Bret Hart. Yeah. And also, we've got a Canadian fighting a Japanese man. So, naturally, the crowd chants USA. No, <laughs> totally, totally. Uh, but, I mean, at that point, did they make such a big deal of Bret's Canadian thing? No. I mean, they thought... He's Canadian. That's closer to America, so he's a good guy. Ah, he's kind of American. Aye, they're based on geographical location to America when it's two foreigners. Yeah, Brett, Brett comes into the ring, goes on that to her, goes, you're like, hey, fuck you, buddy. The, the best uh, description of a Canadian is by Jimmy Carr saying, oh, so you're an American, but you're not armed. <laughs> <laughs> you're an American, but you have free healthcare. Yay. Yeah, pretty much. But... As I said, like this is the, as the opening match. This set a big high bar that I don't think the rest of the show could follow. Because for me, this yeah. is my favorite match of the whole show. I think I honestly think Hakushi makes that match go. Yeah. Because you get you get what you get for Brett, right? You mm. get your technical excellence and all that mm. gainers for Brett, and we get it, Brett. You can wrestle. <laughs> you know, well done on you. You can do the job you're paid to do, mm-hmm. cunt. But. From Hakushi, you get something you didn't get a lot of time. In 95 in the WWF especially, you get a full rounded fucking, you get technical wrestling, you get high flying wrestling, you get power wrestling. <laughs> Hakushi was, in my opinion, he was a total fucking package. Yeah. Perfect foil, if you ask me, for a heel champion. Yeah. I mean, you say that you're annoyed they didn't go much for I mean, they struggle nowadays still with some foreign talents. Yeah. So wait, what chance do they have for a guy back in 1995? Yeah, who was, your, who was supposed to be just your typical evil Japanese man. Yeah. I mean, he was going to get built up to be loose to somebody established anyway. Yeah. It just happened to be on this occasion it was Brett. Yeah, it's like, why did it have to be Brett? And then occasionally you'll see Jerry Lawler on this weird tiny television. Yeah, backstage standing just getting there going, yay, yay, Brett's getting hurt. Yippee. <laughs> That's that's me when I, I watched on Cena matches. I was gonna say I was I was assuming that was how you were watching this match whenever because she was on offense. <laughs> yeah, kinda. But this is basically for this time. It's still impressive watching it back, but especially imagine for this time period. Yeah. For it's like, it, for, like, it's like shit. Yeah, for US fans. Yeah. They would be like kind of blown away by this, and because like someone like Akushi in the style he's wrestling, like you talk about people in this time you hear. People speak of like tape traders yeah. who would find tapes from Japan or Mexico, and that's the only time you could really watch them that you would probably know because you, yeah. you do hear Fade Hakushi chant, and you hear like there's a few tape traders in the audience, but yeah. they get drowned out by the rest <laughs> of the audience. Yeah, because like Hakushi does a springboard moonsault to the outside at one point on the concrete floor. brutal. Uh, he does a, they call him the modern day kamikaze, is his nickname. I think that's cool. I was like, who was the original Kamikaze, though? Because, <laughs> like, cause like, do you know what Hall is the modern-day Maharaja? Well, who was the original Maharaja, then? Yes. Like, that's, a qu- questions that's an incredibly to be- good point. Questions uh, have to be answered. Someone tell us. Answers on a postcard, please. <sighs> Damn it. But like, yeah, it goes, it's the longest match, and I think it was right to be this one because these are two guys who could go the distance. Oh, totally. And I think this was my favourite match of the night. Would you agree this is probably match of the night? 
I would say so. Yeah. I mean... I'm not trying to dislike the whole... Maybe, maybe Adam Baum and Mabel. Oh, yeah, we'll get to that five-star <laughs> classic in a minute. But I'm not trying to slide... Well, so that the, didn't even get fucking five minutes. I'm not trying to like slide the card because there was stuff to enjoy about it. Yeah. But like, in terms of like standouts, this match oh, trumps all. Hell yes. But Brett, too much to politics me, does pick up the win. Like, uh, please pronounce his manager's name again. I'm usually good with Japanese names. Sh- Shinzu, I think Shinzu, it, uh, Shinzu, I think it who, was. Who is bizarrely in white face, apparently. Yeah, yeah. He's weird white yeah, makeup. He's like all weird sort of male... Mm-hmm. Male geisha kind of yeah. He keeps like interfering on Kuzbeva or trying to distract the referee so Kuzbeva can like get a throat punch on Brett, which gives him the advantage. But eventually, yeah. he's cut, he goes on the shoulders of Brett, and Brett catches him with a roll. Basically, similar how Owen beat him way back at Mania Ten, where he catches yeah, him and rolls yeah. through. So at least when he beat him, he didn't like make him tap out. He just like it seemed like he like caught him off guard. No, he just caught him. Mm-hmm. And uh, which is uh, did didn't he end up making like Hakushi look overly weak? Yeah, and we'll we'll see Hakushi a bit later on. So I think what we see him do later on kind of helps him save a bit of face. Yeah, totally. But also, I say something I mentioned. Also, I say about something I noticed in the match where Brett goes through his kind of sequence, his almost five moves of doing like uh, yeah. shoulder tackle, Russian leg sweep, his elbow off the top, kick. Uh, elbow off the top, or through the middle rope, yeah. and then sharpshooter. Weirdly, he does the Russian leg sweep, goes for the pin, kick out, does his bulldog, kick out. Like, why are you going for pins in the middle when you know you're just going to hit your other move anyway? Just just hit your moves in quick succession. Like, like, like we, you're supposed to. I do. know, I mean, like, we see this one, like, if he hit, it'd be weird if he hit his two shoulder tackles, went for the pin. Did his weird side slam thing, went for the pin. Like, just yeah. hit them in succession because you, you, we know you're going to do it anyway. That's why you do it in that order. I mean, somebody who was classic for that was, you know, Hogan. Mm-hmm. He would. He always, as much as I thought he was a dick, mm-hmm. he always had that sequence like bang, yeah. bang, bang. He would be like, you know, the, the finger, finger wag, wag punch, <laughs> throw, boot, leg, yeah, done. Because Hogan would do a boot, go for the pin, or he kicked out. Might as well do the leg drop then. It's uh, our next match is Razor Ramon in a handicap match against the Intercontinental Champion Jeff Jarrett and the Roadie. The Roadie. Before the match, though, we've got this random woman called Stephanie. Looking at the uh, letters. I have to take you back just slightly and right. to the last match. Yeah. Something you missed out on. What is it? Well, if you remember at the end of the match mm-hmm. with Hakushi, mm-hmm. Brett oh, injured his knee. Oh, yeah. He comes out the ring and he kind of looks like he tweaked it a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And then we cut to the superstar line, I forgot. And you got Medusa and a guy I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you start forgetting, well, I forgot him. And then. Law's like, oh, I want my match now. Come on, he's done with Hakushi, and then he hears that Brett's hurt his eye. Like, you hey, what? And his ears, ears prick up, and he's yeah. like, it's like a happy puppy. Throughout the night, he's trying to get his match, but like, no, we've got other matches. You're going like, you see a, a brief appearance backstage at one point of Jack Tunney, which I believe would be one of his final appearances. Yeah. Because not long after that, he'll be taken out, and I think it would be in the 95 26 Squirrel Monsoon as the on screen president of the company. Yep. President Tunney. Mm hmm. Back to where it was we had that woman Stephanie randomly well there's and then she thinks no I know what people want to see in this show instead of wrestling footage of a truck driving with all these letters all these submissions <laughs> driving the highway with police cars oh look there's a truck oh look it's turning a corner oh thrilling action and then I've never been so happy to hear Jeff Jarrett's music in my life I've literally wrote down in my notes thank God for Double J 
Thank God. And that is I, not I, a statement not a lot of people make. I put, I put, who cares about letters? Thank God for double J. Thank God for double J. I know. So this is maybe a tag team match with the one, two, three kids and Razor Ramon teaming together against these two. And then yep. uh, one, two, three kid is out. I believe I've heard that Sean Walton's had a history of neck injuries and they mentioned it's a neck injury. So yeah. I have to believe it's uh, kind of a legitimate thing. Is, is Sean Walton's neck kind of in the same long, long condition as Sean Michael's back? Possibly, like, yeah. every once or twice he's had, like, injuries relating to his neck, so he's out, so Razor decides I'll just go it alone. Yeah, good old Razor. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's like... Think he did, had a bit of Dutch courage beforehand? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> but, obviously, Razor lost the IC title initially to Jeff Jarrett at Rumble 95. Yeah. And, uh, Rhodey's been getting involved ever since then. That was then. really stupid the way he lost that as well, like, he retained it, and then there was, like... Oh no, you can't go out like that because you hurt your leg. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Fucking road dog. <laughs> oh, he's not technically the road, yeah. he's the roadie. Well, at this point, he's not going, oh, you didn't know. <laughs> but, so yeah, it's the roadie, and they keep going, he's not like, oh, well, we'll see what the roadie can do now. Now he has to step in the ring and all that. Yeah, yeah. This is the first really official match of the roadie. Lovely roadie. Mm hmm. <sighs> goodness and i'll be fair like i think like i said the last match set quite a high bar this was a very punch kicky match type of match like i love your description a very punch kicky match like someone does a punch someone gets kicked and then the other person does a punch isn't like, that what a lot of razor ramones matches were like love punchy kicky matches kind of like <laughs> still like, good, like these guys are still quite an example of the whole new generation and it just didn't seem as exciting to me as the previous match. Yeah, yeah. Well, like you say, it set a high standard that mm-hmm. we had to follow. I mean, I get what they were doing, obviously, the numbers advantage, obviously, the road dog, uh, you know, I'm really calling the road dog, yeah, Roddy. Roddy. And Double G constantly tagging in and out and trying to keep the advantage and also when Razor does keep, uh, get, get a little upper hand. Get, get a bit of a moment and he realises he's not what to tag to and so he's got to keep going and he's got yeah. to keep fighting and all that. And but that but then they would keep cutting him off, so that meant that the rats get slimmed down because they would be he's down working over, get him a headlock, and yeah. Jeff Jarrett, Jeff Jarrett works him over, <laughs> and then he gets down to go off distraction, he's down again. It it just seems like a rinse repeat kind of formula. Yeah, well, that that was a lot. Like I, I heart bag, that was a lot of Razor's matches, and you know it had the like you know like a lot of wrestlers you heart back to the five moves of doom. Yeah. Scott Hall, Razor Ramon, he generally had a set match style. Yeah. He'd come in, get a lot of lot of big sort of punchy kicky offense going mm-hmm. and you know and then his opponent generally had a lot of wear down shit going on. Mm-hmm. You know. And he this was even in singles matches, you know? Yeah. Lots of wear down offence, headlocks, mm-hmm. arm locks, shit like that. Yeah. You know. And then Razor would do a big, oh, I'm up, I'm going to do this thing again. Punch and kick you, Razor's edge. <laughs> Bad guy. I mean, it does feel like, it does seem like the Razor, Jeff Jarrett has went on for a while because they had the Rumble match and then they had a rematch at Mania. Yeah. And then now they've got this. So it does feel like this has been going on for a while. I think this is part of the reason Je- uh, Scott Hall eventually left because he was being kept in the IC title team for so long that because yeah, when he came in he was kind of in the main event and then he just went down and it didn't seem like he was going to go back up yeah, again he had, he had the one big main event match at Rumble 93 mm-hmm. for the title which he lost to fuck nugget yes he did but eventually what comes to us where they're still teaming again but then as Rod- Rody's going to leave the ring see him keep up because I catch myself 
Rudy goes to leave the ring. Jeff Jarrett's going to lock in the figure four. Yeah. And then uh, Razor pushes him off and he knocks into Rudy. And then Jeff Jarrett, uh, Razor Ramon allows him to pick it up and he hits a Razor's edge. Yeah. And he wins. And then but after the match, they start beating him down. They work over his knee because they mentioned at the Rumble he hurt his knees so and that. And, yeah. they kept, and they kept going after that. So they try to lock in the figure four again. Yep. And who comes to make the save? Thank God, it's Aldo Montoya. Yeah. With that yellow... With the yellow drop strap, strap on his face. Yeah, Aldo Montoya, who would go on to be just incredible. Yeah. Who apparently backstage tried to kind of buddy up to the click. Yeah, he, was, he was like the, the, the click's mascot. Yeah, basically. <laughs> basically. He, he was friendly with the click, the click, but not friendly enough to actually get anywhere. No, not at all. He wasn't a, de- he wasn't a designated driver. <laughs> So, we're talking to you, Paul. Hunter. <laughs> For a minute you're going, I'm talking to you, Paul. Like, you're talking to yourself. No, I'm talking about Mr. Paul. Yes, I know. But also, Alderman Toy is ineffective as a hero as he's quickly dispatched. Yes. So he is useless. Yes. <laughs> you take yourself and your yellow jockstrap and fuck off. <laughs> fuck off to ECW. Yeah. But then, through the crowd and street clothes, we'd had the debut... Of Savio Vega. Yes. Who, you can kind of tell after a while this is a planned thing, because at the time, if you were, they're trying to pronounce it as, oh, this random person has jumped the barricade. Yeah. Like, it went on for a bit long before officials got in, because more often than not, when someone jumps the barricade, security or the referee is right on them. Yeah. Whereas this one felt, you could tell this was kind of planned, because so, it takes a while for them to eventually get in the bell. What is this with the, someone's been attacked after a match, let's keep ringing the bell again to remind the person attacking the match is over. Yeah. That, Keep that, ringing a bell. You shouldn't be doing that. Ding, 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 ding. Especially when the when the beatdowns go on for a while because the bell keeps ringing. I'm like, shut the fuck up, timekeeper, man. <laughs> or woman. But just stop ringing the bell. I don't think they're listening. I don't think they care. Yeah. If we're coming through the crowd to beat up on a fucking wrestler, we don't care about your ding, ding, ding. I don't know. If I was beating someone down and the person kept ringing the bell, I'd go outside, grab the ring bell, and hit the person I was attacking with it. <laughs> So, we, so at least we couldn't hear the ringing again. No, you go outside the ring and take his little hammer and go, No. <laughs> no. That's a bad time. I am keeper. taking your hammer. Mm-hmm. Now you you can have this back at the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm finished with him, I'll be talking to you. <laughs> so, Savio Vega, I'll come back to him in a bit because I've... Savio Vega. Because I'm kind of mixed on Savio Vega. Yeah. I know, I know you probably might be more a fan of, of Savio, you have more fond memories of the leader yeah. of Los Bariquas. I mean, I, I didn't love him, well, no. but you know, I appreciated Savio mm-hmm. for what he was. And then, so eventually, but, see it's weird, like, there's an hour and four minutes, they've got six matches on the main card. Mm. It's, it's just me, it felt like, in between this and the next match, they suddenly decided, let's do quite a bit of filler here. Yeah. I think this is where they did that random video package showing... Let's look at the path of destruction that Sid's been on since WrestleMania. And by path of destruction, I mean, let's show him pump her bomb the same person, but from three different angles. Yeah. One cool spot I did see is when Razor's doing these, like, pose and there's the fireworks going off in different directions. Yeah. Sid jumps up between the fireworks and attacks Razor in one, which I thought, that's pretty. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah. That. It shows him attacking Sean and, like, beating up people on the lead-up to this with Ted DiBiase. He's his manager. He's now... Yeah, part of Money, Inc. No, it's the Million Dollar Corporation. Million Dollar Corporation, yeah. Yeah. Uh, And also, I heard some things about the whole Sid Diesel feud on a few years' podcast that I'll talk about when we get to the main event. Cool, cool. And then, randomly, we hear this guy 
I can't even remember his name, this random guy that I've never seen before with a microphone. They cut to the crowd, he's talking to people like, Oh look at this new Bret Hart shirt. These people are wearing it, you should wear it too. Buy it, buy it now. It wasn't Todd Pentengill, was it? No. Todd Pentengill was interviewing Bret Hart earlier. Also, mm. can I point out something that I found very funny? Do tell. Pentengill's mullet. Oh, I was gonna say, like, what is with that hair? Yeah, did you? See, I mean, I'm, I'm used hard to, to seeing, miss it. To be I'm honest, I'm used to seeing Pentengill with the tidy interviewer hair. Yeah, but when you see her, like, go on, Pentengill man. Like, it's even for the mid nineties, that looked shit. <laughs> like, come on, it's all it's all tidy and not at the front. And then he's got less like it's like sort of. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think he was did have the hair that we know him for after that. So I think someone got in his ear like, mate, no, nah, come on, or Vince got like. God damn it, cut that hair. God damn it, there's no room for interviewers with mullets. Pettingale, I thought I told you to trim those sideburns. <laughs> I don't think you know, Mr. McMahon, I don't know if you know what sideburns are. Don't argue with me, just do it. <laughs> but obviously, you don't hear a lot about Todd Pettingale these days. I, I, read doing up radio on him. I read up on him, he's doing radio and shit, but you know, for the most part, I found him a really irritating little dickhead. <laughs> you know, I think a rude moment to take. Like whenever, whenever I I liked him, but see, whenever he was on screen, you just wanted the segment to be done. I think he he gets like go shortly after SummerSlam '97. Yeah, I think, I think he, from what I heard, I can't remember the exact figure. I'll maybe look up for the next edition of this. But apparently, he's been paid a quite a big. He had a quite a big money contract to for the role he was involved in because he was quite all over the show as the main interviewer of the day. Yeah, because like he's it seems he's all over the place in this time period. Yeah, when you look and people talk about it retroactively, few people, especially in WWE, more so fans and podcasts like us. Yeah. We'll we mention him. It's like Todd Grisham was all over the place in a similar role in the new gen, in the versus aggression era. Nobody really talks about him, whereas people will talk about Coach from the Attitude Era who played well, a basic role. You had Penton Gill replaced Sean Mooney. Yeah. Who was the early. Mm-hmm. There we go. He'd, Mooney had requested his release yeah. and recommended Penton Gill. Mm-hmm. And Pentengill was released and was subsequently replaced by Michael Cole. Oh yeah. As a but you remember you had your other interviewers like uh, Kevin. Kevin Kelly. Kevin Kelly. Main main English commentator for New Japan now. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But you had Kevin Kelly, you had Doc Hendricks. Yeah. You had the coach. You had the coach. Lillian occasionally. Lillian occasionally. Uh, there's been a good few. Yeah. Even even at one point, I think Mr. Perfect was an interviewer. Huh? Backstage. For... I, I know he did commentating for like WF superstars for a while while he was injured in like yeah. the early nineties. Because like you know, I know there's a backstage segment at Mania Twelve, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure Perfect's interviewing Diesel before the Undertaker match. Huh? I didn't even know that. And I, I'm pretty sure that Diesel fucks up. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if it's just something I've noticed, but see when Diesel's doing an interview segment in Mania Twelve. Yeah. When he's getting ready for the Undertaker match, he's like, mm-hmm. Undertaker, I'm going to beat you. And then he goes, and Sean, well, I'm coming for you. <laughs> oh, fucking You know right. what I mean? And you're like, what? Well, just fucking tell everybody. Right. I think there was a summer stake in Mania 15 where they were talking about, I think, some hot superstar hotline after the show. And, like, catch, and uh, before the main event, Michael Cole accidentally said, because Rock was the Finn champion, went, catch up with new WWE champions, Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> and you're like, oh, On live God. people, you're like, you go and think Vince is in, and you're like, God damn it, you idiot! <laughs> but, eh. Uh, so after all that filler, and they got back to the ring where we have a King of the Ring qualifying match. Yep. Which I think is a good idea to have that on the show because it's something with some stakes that's leading up to the next pay per view. This would be the beginning of M- M- Mabel's 
Mm-hmm. Push. Yes, push in the very good, but like, but, <sighs> but uh, so men on a mission have turned to heel recently because they want a monster heel who doesn't look like he's on the roids and yeah, and and Mo I think is just, I think they're realizing Mo is just shite, right? And they've dumped Oscar, their their sidekick who did all the rapping. Yeah, comes out and Adam Bomb is the face. It's weird that out of these two, the guy who's maybe gimmick is maybe he was affected by nuclear waste. He, <laughs> Is the baby face, and you can tell when someone around this time suddenly turns baby face because they do they do what Adam Bomb did, where the baby face that means I come out shaking my fist, going yeah, come on, yeah, typical shit like that. This match went a whopping one minute fifty four seconds, yeah. <laughs> and still, and Mabel picked up the win. If you know anything about Kevin Ryan, you know Mabel picked up the win. And yet Adam Bomb still did most of the work. Yeah. When I seen the runtime, I knew the runtime before the match happened. So I assumed... Did you believe it was just going to be like a serious squash? Yeah, like maybe distraction. Mabel takes him out and destroys Adam Bomb, make him look dominant heading into King of the Ring, which yeah. is what you want to do with someone like him. No, he, he wrestles a two-minute match where he's taking more offense than he's given, and he still looks knackered after it. Mm. He goes on to wrestle a ten-minute match at the actual King of the Ring, and he's knackered after two. What the hell is he like after... It was after ten matches, be sweeter than Shane McMahon. The best gimmicks that Mabel ever had were Viscera, mm-hmm. and I mean proper Viscera. Right. What bin bag Viscera? No, <laughs> Ministry Viscera mm-hmm. and Big Daddy V. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, ECW Viscera. Yeah, everything in between that. It's weird, but Big Daddy V were like. It's- this is the guy who's at his fittest. So let's give him the most revealing of his outfits he's ever worn. Yeah, where, where, his, where his boobs are all the way around his back. Yep. <laughs> a rare back boob. Yes. But, yeah, Mabel... Sorry, Mo does a distraction. Mabel attacks and beats through now Bomb a wee bit. Yeah. For the belt. Officially rings. So I'm trying to burp here. But he does that. And then Adam Bomb moves as Mabel goes for a corner splash. And then he knocks him to the outside. He does a dive. Really takes it to him in that, so I think they're trying to not make animal look weak. But if you don't want someone to look weak, don't have them get beaten in under two minutes. But yeah, and then Bill Randley catches him and does a really shit version of really the what was going to be the world's strongest slam that Mark Kane would do. Just catch him, just went nah. <laughs> if it wasn't for the fact that Mabel was maybe about five hundred pounds landing on Adam Bomb, that would be a shit way to yeah. end the match. But... So he goes nah, <laughs> and that's it. Mabel will go on to King of the Ring and. We're not going to be covering King of the Ring because also we're doing the In Your Houses, but that's the next show. And, Paul, can I talk to you a bit about the 1995 King of the Ring tournament? You may, you may. Because Razor Ramon was, had a legit rib injury shortly after this show, so he would go on and he would have to be replaced in the King of the Ring tournament. And we see just shortly after this, we get an interview with Razor and Savio where Razor introduces Savio Vega and tries to put him over. Like, yeah. he's my good pal, he's got my back. So Savio takes his place, he earns a spot in the King of the Ring pre-show by defeating IRS to take the spot of, yeah. of, of Razor Ramon. Now, bearing in mind, Mabel wins this tournament, I think people already knew that. Yeah. This is a tournament that has Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker in it. Owen Hart is a part of the company, Owen Hart is not in the tournament, Jeff Jarrett, the Intercontinental Champion, is not in the tournament, but the Road is in the tournament. Yeah. So, let me take you through the right. So, Savio Vega on the pre-show, wins a spot in the tournament by be- defeating IRS. 
Right. He then wrestles in the opening match. Now, don't mind, this is a month after he's debuted. Right. Where he defeats former WF champion and one half of the tag team champions, Yokozuna. Jesus. By count out. <laughs> the Rode defeats Bob Holly in the first round. All right. Mabel defeats The Undertaker by pinfall. Ugh. In 10 minutes. And then we have a 15 minute time limit draw between Kama and Shawn Michaels. Jeez. So, Mabel gets a bye to the finals because fuck if Viscera's wrestling three matches in one night. <laughs> and then, so one semi-final match is Savio Vega versus the Road. I mean, I talk about how you had three or four main guys. This just shows how, how that's just more evident here because we're supposed to believe that either Savio or the Rode are going to the final and possibly going to become king of the ring. Yeah. So Savio beats the Rode. And squares off against Mabel in the finals and loses. So Savio, a month after he debuts, wrestles four times on one show. He's maybe the underdog face going through the gauntlet while the heel, big heel got a bye against Mabel. And they were in Philadelphia, by the way, when ECW is getting attention. The crowd chants ECW very loudly, especially during the final. Yeah. So no one gave a shit. Well, when Mabel was getting coronated, Someone threw garbage at him, <laughs> he, and he would later uh, declare that Mo was now Sir Mo. Yeah, I remember. So yeah, Mabel is your monster, King of the Ring. And I love the way you put like that with the King of the Ring. Like all these star wrestlers they had weren't even involved in the mm-hmm. fucking thing. I mean, even we could have had Jarrett with it. I know. You know, we could have plus Jarrett. Why is? Yeah, it's not even wrestling on the show. He doesn't defend the Intercontinental title. Yeah, yeah. You know, Double J trying to get the road to help him win. You got Shawn Michaels, the heart rate kid. They were trying to. T- he was recently turned face after WrestleMania, so yeah. were, and he was one of the most popular guys. Give it to him. You have the Undead King with the Undertaker. Have Odin try to get like two, two in a row. He uh, used uh, up, uh, upstage Brett. Yeah. As, as the defending king of the ring. Well, actually, he would match Brett, because Brett's a two-time king of the ring. Yeah, but, I know, but then he can hold the fact that Brett never did it in two consecutive years, though. So. Yeah, true, true. Even Yoko, you could have Yoko do a summer journey to the final team, Abel, and Yoko would be more believable, as because he's a former champion and that, yeah. whereas Mabel was randomly turned heel, so they could have another monster heel that didn't look like he was on the roids. Yeah. I mean, all, all due respect to Savio... But how can people buy you as this underdog face? How do they make care that you're wrestling four times when you debuted a month ago? Like, to them, they're probably thinking, like, this guy who I barely know is, rest- is on again. Well, in fairness, right, that's, that's a lot to do with how WWE handled it. Mm-hmm. You know, because you get guys nowadays that could come in, and if you work it right and you build a guy right, you can have somebody come in, mm-hmm. or women come in, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. You'd have them come in. If you work it right... Within a month, they could be fucking white hot. Yeah. Like, they could be, the fans could be really behind them, they could be up there. Mm-hmm. But it's the way they done it with Savio. Yeah. You know, because they never, in those four matches, they never really had him fight anybody credible. Mm-hmm. They never worked on his story well. Yeah. You know? And Savio, right? Savio never had a solid feud going until he was fighting. The ringmaster, <laughs> who would thankfully shortly after that become Stone Cold, mm-hmm. you know. You have to say that 
we, one of the reasons I think quite funny, like once or twice I've laughed when you mentioned Savio, because the thing about Savio Vega from what I've seen is Savio has this habit of appearing in situations he probably shouldn't be in. <laughs> like he's this random guy running the gauntlet a month after he debuts in the King of the Ring. Yeah. He, him being Puerto Rican and white crush joined this black militant group as part of the Nation of Domination, <laughs> even though they probably shouldn't have been in the group to the first place. Yeah. And then who's going to replace Shawn Michaels and wrestle with DX in this main event in nowhere out of Texas? Look, it's Savio Vega. Vega. Especially when online reports of the, like, on the internet was in the stages where Ric Flair was going to show up. Yeah. So if you have your heart set on Ric Flair and Savio Vega shows up, you're going to have some disappointment. I still think that people can be quite hard on Savio because you know what? He was a worker. Mm-hmm. He done... We asked him to do a job, he did the job. You know, mm-hmm. and see if we'd have really worked on that faction warfare shit. Yeah, the Bariquas could have been something. Yeah, I think they just got lost in the shuffle with all the other factions. You had them, DOA, the Nation, Heart Foundation, DX. DX. You know, but I mean, the Bariquas were no bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, that guy that had a, a built-in jumper. <laughs> <laughs> you know, was that Miguel? I think so. I can't remember. Uh, but me, you, the only one I remember is bloody Savio. Yeah. Uh, but you had Savio Vega, you had the guy with the built-in jumper. I mean, some people may think, oh, you can't even tell the Bariquas apart. I mean, could you tell anybody in DOE apart? They were all bald. Chains, 8-Ball, fake one? Undertaker. Chains, which one's he? He's the bald one. Now write down, please. He's the one who's not 8-Ball. <laughs> which one's 8-Ball? He's also bald. Uh, but, I mean, original DOE was Crush, Chains, 8-Ball... Mm-hmm. There was the two bald ones, Fake Undertaker and Aye. Crush. And then Crush went away. Mm-hmm. And then Fake Undertaker went away. And then the DOA were a tag team with Paul Ellering managing them. Mm-hmm. With his Mr.com t-shirt on. I always wanted one of them. <laughs> you know, I thought they were cool. But, talking about Savio, I talked about that interview backstage. Razor Tripe and we were like, I fought this guy before and just let me tell you, I'm glad he's on my side. Yeah. And like, I couldn't sit by and like, basically try to big him up a bit. And then we go back, cut back to the ring where we have the tag team title match. And you know how we know that smoking guns are a serious threat to the tag team titles? Oh, go on. Given the fact they didn't get a fucking entrance. <sighs> I know I swear a lot, but Jesus Christ, lads. I know, I know. Especially going into this year in 96 as well. One of the few proper tag teams you actually have at this point are the smoking Billy guns. Mark. Like, I think they debuted in 93, and like, so we're at this time, one of the few consistent tag teams, because you had the centers and then they left. Yeah. Go Beckers aren't really a thing, or men remission are heels, but now Mabel's more of a singles guy yeah. now. So you got them, you had the Godwins, and then later on the Body Donners after The Godwins this. were good. Yeah. So like, yeah. But like you say, solid tag team. Mm-hmm. But then, well, the guns. They're taking on the challenges, Owen Hart and Yokozuna. And you can tell how much they care about this match in that during the match, like, during the entrances, they had Jerry Law come out to try and have his match and then get randomly taken away. Yeah. So And just wander past Yoko, who waddles out while Owen carries the belts. <laughs> That's because the belt wouldn't fit round Yoko. I know. At this point, Vince is claiming that uh, Yoko is, like, 600 pounds. It's like, and I know they like to overinflate things. But like with Yoko, we look at him like he's one of the things like you know I could buy the fact that he may be six hundred pounds. Yeah, at least and close one to leg. It. And, 
But like, <laughs> God damn man. It's weird to see Billy Gunn with a mullet though. Isn't it? That ain't weird, man. He had a mullet. Remember when they first debuted? Have you seen any of the early shit? No, but like, debuted I, with mullets and mustaches. But like the thing we we still had mustaches here, but with Billy, you think of him more as DX Billy. We had the kind of a short blonde hair. Yeah. Like which he kind of still has now. It's kind of long at the back. Is it? Yeah. Imagine Billy Gunn is still going today. By the way, and he's in his fifties. He still looks good. Well, that's just Billy Gunn, man. I know. That's Mister Ass. One thing I, th- I wonder, like, why didn't Bart Gunn immediately go for the left hook that would win him the brawl for all a few years later? They would have won the match like that immediately. Yeah. Just hook, hook Yoko, pin him, and there you go, new tag team champions. <sighs> I, I think we dropped the ball with Bart Gunn, man. Yeah. I loved Bart Gunn. Because, mm-hmm. do you know something? Uh, you can disagree with me. If you think I'm wrong, tell me so, right? Uh-huh. But see, just in solid muscle, solid build, mm-hmm. Bart was fucking solid uh-huh. like see when you seen him come in you're like damn that guy's big <laughs> and when you seen that punch he gave Dr. Death I mean they could have done a lot with him after that I mean they did a weird Owen feud with uh, against Shamrock after that they yeah. could have put Bart in that position like have him like believe his own hype that he's a badass and then put him against Ken Shamrock yeah who's also a wrestler so at least when he when Ken Shamrock kicks his ass it's not as bad as when but Bart just wanders in for one fight, knock it, fuck off, that's the end of Bart Gunn. They could, they could have even had Bart, like, come back as some kind of, like, bitchy heel, like, you know, like, get, like, really, really put out by the fact they get knocked out by Butterbean. Mm-hmm. They could have given him, like, the Mark Merrill, like, boxing game that Mark Merrill had for a while. Aye. They could, they could have had him beat the shit out of Mark Merrill, that would have made a lot of people happy. Including <laughs> 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 Sable at the time. Yeah. Oh, they could have had him beat the shit out of Sable. That would have made the entire wrestling universe happy. I know, but the amount of plastic surgery and Botox you probably had, you probably wouldn't feel anything. Probably not. <laughs> what a... Bism. What... What... What a classic match this was that we're talking about Bart Gunn and punching Sable. <laughs> if Brock hears you, he's going to find you. Oh yeah, Brock... Brock subscribes to us on Spotify, so he does big Brock in the middle of nowhere when he's on his weird ranch. Let's see if he does, though. And you you called his wife a bint. I didn't call her a bint. You said. just did then. Ha <laughs> ha! I hate you so much. Do you have anything to actually say about this match? Not really. I mean, what is it like? Leg drop, pin. It goes about five minutes. You know, because like even with Owen doing all the work, Yoko still looks knackered. Aye. You like Yoko at that point looked knackered, standing up. Weirdly, Yoko starts the match and then. Spends the rest of it pretty much on the outside. Yeah. Because Owen does a lot of the work and the only reason their team is Owen wants to prove him again how much better he is than Brett. So he took a guy who who took the title from Brett and made him his tag partner. Yeah, yeah. Originally there was a talk when it rest of May eleven when they did that match that uh Owen Hart was gonna fight Bulldog and try like outdo Brett by beating Bulldog because Brett couldn't beat Bulldog at SummerSlam ninety two. Yeah. But so like I think it was Bart gets knocked to the outside, and while the ref's shredded, Yoko hits a leg drop, rolls him back in, and uh, Owen takes advantage. Yeah. And then, like I said, Brett, Owen goes, does he still go, whoo, with both belts, while Yoko walks <laughs> back, and I feel like, I'm fucking starving, probably. <laughs> I need to go eat. Uh, <laughs> I need to go eat. I know. So, from there, we've got Brett Hart and Jerry Lawler, and because it's Mother's Day, yep. Brett. Uh, Jerry brings out his, his mother, mother who's a woman who's probably young enough to be his daughter yes. <laughs> and 
to be fair to Doc Hendricks, he uh, he was quite good in this. Like, wow, she's looking great for her age. Oh, I don't know where her secret is. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Vincent uh, Man's basically doing the old girl once and like, oh, will you stop? That is not that is not his mother. And then the woman who claims to be Jerry's mother tried to challenge Helen Hart to a match or something like that. <laughs> and oh, may I say there was a moment during the Hakusha match where. Uh, Doc Hendricks, I think, got in a bit of trouble with Vince yeah. when using the right vocabulary. Because oh. uh, when things when Nakusha hits some insult, Doc Hendricks goes, "This is wrestling at its best." And then Vince quite and a high, his usual Vince tone, but also you could tell a bit of a you could tell there was something behind that. The Bossman tone. I was like, "This is a WWF at its best. Like <laughs> WWF is not wrestling; it's sports entertainment. Damn it, you all know that." <laughs> Especially since there was a bit of quiet after that, you can tell, like... Yeah, Doc... You, you, you couldn't see him, you could tell Vince... Doc kicked his collar, Phil. Vince probably kicking Doc under the table. So... Now that is all the sweeties gone. Ah, oh, we have run out of sweeties. But then... Like, so... Uh, Jerry's all happy because he thinks Brett's straight for the picking because mm, he's injured. Yeah. And then Brett reveals, oh, by the way, I'm not actually injured. Yeah, I never hurt money, actually. <laughs> And there's just a slow reaction of of uh, Jailor when he sees him walking to the ring and he slowly but surely realises that Brett's walking normally <laughs> and just sees things from the weird smell taste and like, oh shit. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> and this, is a weird, this one doesn't go particularly long, does it? It was about five um, minutes as well. This is, um, where are we? Five minutes and one. Yeah, so it doesn't go particularly long. Uh, Brett weirdly, I didn't like this, Brett who talks about psychology and being a great wrestler. Brett no so basically no souls a pile driver. Mm. Like he takes a pile driver and within a minute he's back up and hits one of his own. Like particularly against Lawler, who's the pile driver was his thing. Like he did the whole yeah. line with uh, Andy Kaufman where Keefe broke Kaufman's neck and all mm. that. So I think that was a bit that's a bit disrespectful. I think in my I'm a, mm. considering that Jerry Jerry was more of a <laughs> a seasoned vet than Brett was. Mm-hmm. It's a bit weird, and Brett. despite not winning titles in the WWF, mm-hmm. Brett had uh, Jerry had won his fair share. Mm-hmm. He was a mult, like he had held the fucking UWS, USWA title, like the Memphis title. Yeah, but a bunch of times, like it was going to seem to be we Lawler, so else went out and eventually back to Lawler, and like yeah. he held the EWA title multiple times, I believe. I as mean, well. the very fact that he it was such a storied champ. Mm-hmm. It sort of sickens me that they made him, gave him the role they gave him mm-hmm. in the WWF because I mean when he came in at first, mm-hmm. they could have legitimately, like put some titles mm-hmm. on him because they like, I think they took away through what he had, in ring, mm-hmm. and put him with a silly gimmick. It seems to be nowadays they're acknowledging people in the Hall of Fame who while they didn't do much in WWE, they they did a lot of stuff outside of in the world of wrestling yeah and apparently one of the first people they, I think they did that with was Jerry and apparently Jerry seemed very surprised when they had told him he was going to Hall of Fame considering he'd never won a title in WWE he'd never been wrestled at Wrestlemania yeah. he'd mainly been a commentator so he seems quite surprised when they told him oh, yeah you're going in the Hall of Fame <laughs> but yeah like it doesn't go very long like Brett's trying to get him a structure uh, Jerry tried calling the ropes and grabbed him, get, asking for help from that woman he claims is his mother <laughs> Yeah. And then, like, I assume Brett won both these matches here, so I was surprised what happens next when, uh, when Shinju distracts the ref, allowing when Brett's down and Hakushi hits a diving head put on yeah. a Brett, and then he hits a couple more while, because the referee gets knocked out and he gets tied up in the ropes, and 
Shinju acts like he's gonna help him. Oh, but he just leaves him hanging there while <laughs> while he, while Higuchi uh, attacks him, and then after like three dying habits, Roller is kind of impressive given his size, and he was getting up there a wee yeah. bit. This way, he's a roll through jackknife pin and pins Bret Hart. Because how slow the ref went down, because he obviously got tied up, he probably actually hurt himself. Yeah. I was surprised <laughs> that it went. It was a three, but considering they go into King of the Ring the next month, I think it was maybe a continuation to eventually all we get his comeuppance at the next. Yeah. Because the next show was one of the big five, and that would be a an infamous kiss my foot match where Brett would beat him and then shove JLR's own foot in his mouth, which then caused Jerry to have to go see the dentist because of his plaque and teeth, his bad yeah. breath. To, to the introduction of of your favorite wrestler Isaac Yankum DDS the yeah. future Kane yeah uh, the future fake Diesel I'll have you know uh, <laughs> Kane's bringing out a book at the start of December which I really want for my Christmas called Mayor Kane and I really want to get that book because I'm interested to hear his reaction to finding it oh yeah you're gonna be a dentist and all that <laughs> yeah although it says my life in wrestling and politics I have a bad feeling that I love the wrestle mitts when we get to the end when he talks about politics I'm like I don't give a shit. <laughs> like yeah. when Jericho has the long, long chapters in his book where he talks about Fozzy. Like I don't care. Go back to when you won the undisputed title. Now you see. Now you see. See in Jericho's book, I would appreciate both parts of that book. I mean, there are some good stuff, but like a lot of the Fozzy chapters go on for a while, and it just seems to be the same shape where very little happens. But he seems to be just like I don't care with about the time your tour bus broke down so you went one with this other band and you got pitched on the bus. Nothing's happening, nothing's happening, nothing's happening. <laughs> like, and you, and nothing's like, happening. It just seems to be, oh, and then also I went to this party and I met this random famous person. Like, oh, look, I met Eli Roth. I met this person. Oh, look, I got <laughs> fished. Aye. Yay. Anyway, getting C-tracked. So, yeah, Lawler wins, which I was surprised with. And also the crowd were very angry about because Brett being a f- one of the f- most over people on the show in general. I wouldn't have been unhappy. Well, I know, but you weren't talking about the crowd in general. Mm, the crowd were wrong. And then... They supported the wrong if you, person. If you wanted to just cool the crowd down even more before the main event, this is what how you did it, because we had the uh, the bit where they give away the house. Yay! Also, there was a bit that that Stephanie would walked out of the front bit of... The house set, yeah. it, acting as if she'd just been to see the house, as if that house was the actual you're winning. Like, what? <laughs> so you're you're giving away a set. Yes. Part of me likes to wants to think that. Remember that clip from Chewing the Fat where the guy goes, "I bought this house <laughs> on eBay. I bought this eighty thousand pound house oh. on eBay." And the guy, it's just, it's just the front of the house. He opens the door. There's nothing behind the door. It's just the front bit of the house. <laughs> just basically a wall. That's what I want. That's what I kind of hope happened to the winner of this contest. <laughs> I got this house from the WWF. Bastards! <laughs> I wonder, right? Mm-hmm. This was '95, so twenty-four years ago. Yeah. I wonder if that man still has the house. I wonder what the house would be worth now. Yeah. Because they say it's near a golf course, and Michael Hayes or Doc Hendricks, whatever you want to call him. Keeps talking about how to whoever owns the house I'm gonna be by tomorrow to play golf. <laughs> no, I wonder if it, I wonder if he still owns the house. I, I doubt it. I would like to wonder. Part of me wants to look at what happened to the house, but part of me thinks it probably wouldn't be as interesting as I'd hope it would be. Or you wouldn't want to look up the house. Yeah. Because you wouldn't want to know what happened to the house. Because I don't know what how I would Google it in your house. House. <laughs> <laughs> but in your house. 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 <laughs> 
Just like that woman that won a stone cold truck at WrestleMania. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so they get Tom Pet Tom Pettengill and this woman engaging in one of those cringeworthy segments yes, I think I've ever Todd seen. Pentengill, the woman and Pentengill's mullet. The woman randomly dies in this pit of letters, kicks it a name, they call it, they get a, they get an operator so they have to redial and phone the guy. And the guy gets all excited and all that and then it goes on for a bit too long and Pettengill's looking right down the camera with his wee stupid grinning. <laughs> See, that, that's why I didn't like him. Louis' <laughs> stupid face. And... Like an excited puppy you wanted to kick. And this is explains why they never did this again, hopefully. Because <laughs> if, we, if we get the next in your house and they're doing this again, I'll be very angry. It was me. Anyway, so... I meant to say earlier, we had, a, we had that Big Daddy Cool promo where he talked about Oh yes, the first Mother's Day is it or Mum and like Thanks Diesel. Really made me excited for that world yeah, title match. We later. needed you to do that. And then later on we had a Sid promo where Sid was talking very very softly and they were cutting right into his face you yeah. right up his nose. Sid doing his thing. <laughs> Not quite as crazy as his promos like a year or so later. <laughs> Calls out the master and the ruler of the world and then we have our main event of the evening. Yeah. Daddy Cool Diesel defending the WF Championship Sid, against Sid. Sid wearing bright orange ring gear. Yeah, I thought it was red. Yeah, it looked orange to me. Yeah, it was very bright ring gear. And these guys are like similar heights, so... I don't know get similar this. wrestling style. Yeah, so this is the... I'm going to talk about Diesel as a wrestler, because he got quite a good reaction from the crowd. They yeah. seemed quite into him. And yet he's... Just, he's Considered by many to be one of the worst WWF champions because of the time period he was champion, and apparently one time he was complaining a lot. I was I'm one of the worst worst paid WWF champions in history, and one of the agents that maybe in Briscoe or something like that shouted, "That's because you were one of the worst drawing champions of all time." <laughs> uh, so I think he gets a lot of shit for that, but it's hard because if you wanted to maybe champion being him like seven foot as a heel champion, you've got a great. You know how he build the match with him and beat down the the smaller guy like a Brett or someone like that yeah. or Sean and had them fight back, but having a seven foot tall guy as a babyface champion is very difficult, especially when you're fighting an opponent who basically is the same as you. So they're trying to think, we need challenges for him. So when you guys the same size as him, but the issue they find themselves in is that didn't make for exciting matches as it was. When he was fighting smaller guys, kind of like Brock. Brock always does well when he's fighting smaller guys. Mm. He's be a running partner with certain big guys in wrestling. It's because you have the Sid feud. I think later he'll fight Mabel. I believe he'll fight the Bulldog at some point as well. Yeah. Like Bulldog's slightly like in the middle between Sid and Mabel and Brett and that. But still, it didn't match up well. So like it's hard when your guy's already 7 foot 300, close Not to 300 pounds. It's hard to... Put him in a position where he seems like he's vulnerable. I, I watched a, I watched a thing about Bulldog and Bulldog's personal mm-hmm. self yeah. held him back because I mean as a physical specimen and a wrestler, mm-hmm. if he'd have been as personally mm-hmm. awesome as he was mm-hmm. physically, I'm pretty sure he would have went somewhere more than where he went. Yeah, definitely. You know because he had he had the perfect tools as a wrestler to be something. He was. Athletic as the wee guys, but as powerful as the big guys. Yeah, definitely. Total package. Well, that's Lex Luger, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, but we wouldn't let Lex be the total package. We made him be Hulk Hogan. And the Narcissus. We could have let him be that. We could have <laughs> just left that alone, but we didn't. He had to be our hero. 
I'll be your hero. <laughs> Why wasn't he there to save Razor Ramon? Why is he is he given up being a hero by nineteen ninety five? No, I think he'd gone to WCW by when probably. No, I think he doesn't go to bit September because he shows up on the first night when that's not September. Ah, oh, right. Because right. I believe he, he's on. I think we will see him on an In Your House before he goes. I think we'll see him only once, but he will. We will see him. Isn't he in an In Your House as part of the like, Allied Powers or something? Uh-huh. Yeah, him and Bulldog fighting Jake and Eli Blue. I think they actually. I think they may actually be challenging uh, Yoko and uh, Owen at some point. Oh fuck! We got a challenge. <laughs> wow. Oh, now so I've got a story about when they when Owen would fight. Licks and Bulldog, but I think I'll save it for that match because it's a yeah, funny story. Yeah, save it. It's a save funny it. story. But back to Diesel, just how exciting he was as champion. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so it's hard for him to seem vulnerable in his position. Plus, Kevin Ash is a natural heel because there are people who genuinely don't like him, and his promos as a heel are a lot better. He seems more confident in himself yeah. when, he, when he's doing heel promos. Because I think he turns heel shortly after Survivor Series when he loses the title. And he gets a promo on the Raw after it, which already is a vast improvement over anything he did as a face. Yeah. And according to Bruce Pritchard on his podcast, Something to Wrestle, they did a whole episode on Sid. So they talked about when Sid turned on Shawn Michaels after Mania 11 and then went in this feud with uh, Diesel. Allegedly, they wanted uh, the build to Diesel v Sid at SummerSlam. Mm. And, but then they decided how popular Shawn was. They decided to kind of pull the trigger on Sean turn face. So they needed a challenger for Diesel, so they said, we'll just do this thing now. So let's have him beat up Sean. And then, because they acknowledged that Sid and Sean were, so Sean and Diesel were friends at Mania. Yeah. They acknowledged that going into it. So obviously, Diesel wants revenge to help Sean, because Sean isn't on the show, because I think he's still selling his injuries. Yeah. I assume that's why, because they keep talking about how he's, how Sid beat him up. So I'm thinking if they did what they wanted to do, I would assume they maybe had, uh, they may have wanted to do another Sid. May have wanted to do another Diesel, uh, Sean match. Yeah. Like how would they get to so? Because Mabel gets his title shot at SummerSlam by when King of the Ring. Would they had Sid win King of the Ring? I would have liked to have seen that. That actually would have been pretty cool because he's the master and ruler of the world, and now he has the crown and all at the yeah. table of King to prove it. King Sid, I think, would have been actually pretty King cool. King Sid would have been kick ass. That would man. that would have been pretty cool. Like, why did that not happen? Yeah. Right to WWE, go, why didn't you make it King Sid, you cunt? Sam, you, Sean, for being so popular that they had to turn your face. Yeah, why couldn't you just be a shitty little heel your whole career? <laughs> anyway, damn you for being so good. Yeah, you and your bloody click. <laughs> anyway, but... Shake harder! <laughs> Shake your fist, damn it! Listen, they do to their credit, they had a hot start with Diesel taking a right to Sid, throwing him from the corner, doing splashes and that. Yeah. But as soon as they go to the outside and Sid takes control, <laughs> slows right the fuck down. Yeah. Well, Sid, Sid was never the most speedy wrestler, was he? No. I mean, he does, does this weird running knees where he does a, takes a ramp. Uh, <laughs> it was a very powerful wrestler, but he was not a very fast wrestler. As I mentioned, Teddy Biasi is in Sid's corner because Sid, along with likes of IRS, Kama and Tatanka, are part of the million dollar corporation. Mm-hmm. Bam Bam was originally in it, but then after, he got kicked out shortly after yeah, WrestleMania. turned face. He did, yes. And we still did nothing with him either. I know. 
even though he, even though he helped make the Lawrence Trail look great at WrestleMania. Yeah, and the fact that he was another guy who, like the Bulldog, <laughs> was able to do amazing things that a guy of his size was not capable, or should not have been capable of doing. Bam Bam's another guy I don't think is long for the WF at this point. I think he leaves shortly after. I think he would he spends some time in WCW and ECW. Yeah. He would win the ECW title briefly from from uh, Shane Douglas. I believe he won the... I think he won WCW tag team belts yeah, as well. Yeah, I think he was on the Jersey Connect... Yeah. Jersey Triad with... Jersey uh, Triad with, with Diamond Dallas Page and... Canyon. Canyon, yeah. He was also, I think he won the tag titles with Chris Candido in, in ECW because he they two and Shane Douglas were part of the triple threat and then Bam Bam yeah. left because he challenged him for the title. Anyway. Well, Bam Bam's last match, mm-hmm. if you if you would like that little tidbit, was at a Survivor Series match mm-hmm. against Goldust. Mm. So, what, this year's Survivor Series at the 95 Survivor Series? I believe so. Yeah, so by the end of 95, I don't think Bam Bam will be with us any longer. I don't even think it's a, a on-the-card match. Mm-hmm. I believe it's a dark match. And Bam Bam was another guy who, at the time, because like, a lot of people had a lot of issues with the click backstage. He was with yeah. him. Bob Holly notoriously hated them. Yeah. Yeah. But, so the match kind of slows down a little bit. Because, like, we're talking about these two guys who do a powerbomb, but you go wonder, like, can they do, is their powerbomb going to be as impactful if they're doing it on each other? Yeah. Who's, who's, who has the best same move? Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> like, when you see the clip from 97 when Kevin Ash tried to get the big shot for a powerbomb and dropped him on his fucking head. Uh. I don't know really how much because Sid eventually hits a powerbomb, but but Diesel kicks out and Sid acts like like that's impossible. That's my move. But Diesel starts fighting back and uh, Sid had him <clears> in like a camel clutch at one point <clears> for what felt like an eternity. And eventually, he started he could sense Diesel get back up and Sid showed the shock of it and like and De- and Vince says I'm going to he can feel Diesel power beneath him or something like that because that was the whole. Ew. I know. <laughs> so he fights it. He, hits, he manages to hit Sid with a choke slam, and then he hits a powerbomb, and then Tanker runs in, causes a DQ. Yeah. <laughs> Which I don't see why they could just distract the ref right before the ref went for the pin, because you're not doing your fellow corporation, is there a you know, corporation member any? Yeah. Any favors? But I suppose it was WWE once again trying to make sure that neither Sid nor Diesel looked shit. Yeah, of course. I mean, because you could have had. Sid maybe grabbed the rope and that saved the powerbomb a wee bit because yeah. he literally had Diesel kick out of Sid's powerbomb. Like have them kick out of each other's powerbomb. Yeah, make them both look strong. Make but them like, look big. You also, know? also the fact that they can kick out is because also they've used that move so they know how to yeah, stand they it. Yeah. No, there's all the things they could do. So they beat the corporation beat down <sighs> Diesel which leads to Bam Bam coming in and make the save. Yeah. And that would lead to the main event of King of the Ring the next month being Bam Bam and Diesel versus Tatanka and Sid in a tag team match. <sighs> it's weird to see Tatanka as a heel. Is, it, is, he just doesn't strike me as a heel. It's weird to see Tatanka. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Period. <laughs> you know? I, th- I thought there was more to that just buzz. No, it's no. just weird to see Tatanka. <laughs> just weird to see him. You know, because I've seen him... And, you know, you thought, maybe we'll put a title on this guy. Uh-huh. You know, never a never a main title, but you know, maybe we'll put the IC on this guy or a tag belt on this guy, but we never did. Mm-hmm. And it Tatanka was that kind of guy, well if you're not even gonna put a fucking mid card title on him, what's the point of heaven? I know. Because it was good enough for the IC title. And And what was one of his main feuds in his early run? Mm-hmm. Oh, 
The model Rick Martell stole my sacred eagle feathers. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, that, that damn Martell. That damn Martell. Mm. Stealing my sacred feathers. Mm. And and he beat him, you know, and he got his feathers back. Oh, thank God I can sleep easy tonight. Yeah, soaking to Tanka because he has his sacred feathers back. Like, it seems weird to me that the first ever in your house ends on a DQ. Like, they're trying to sell us yeah. a big deal. And yet Diesel wins by DQ, like... Yeah, you have your your premier premier debut of your big in your house pay per view. Yeah. You have what do you have? You you have your start off match. Yeah, which is being fantastic, and then every match subsequently gets kind of lower and lower as it goes on. And then your main event match between two big slow ass giants mm-hmm. ends in a DQ. So it kind of ends in a sort of like. Well, I've sat for an hour and some odd minutes and watched this. And I know, it doesn't really fill you with much desire to buy the next yeah, one, you, to be you honest with you. feel mildly cheated. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Like, it's weird. He had a, such a hot start and such a cold finish is the best way to describe the yeah, way this ends. Yeah. Did you get this on your version? I had this weird advert after the main event of these aliens... Just looking at looking at Earth, talking about all the problems that were there. I didn't keep it on after the main event. So there's this weird advert with these aliens looking at Earth, talking about they destroy their environment. Their ozone layer is partially destroyed and all that. Yeah. He goes, "What about this?" And it shows an advert for WAF. Like, hmm, maybe they talk for these humans after all. Delay the destruction for another hundred cycles. Like, and WAF went, "You never know. We could be saving the world." No, I didn't. I didn't see that. Yeah. I didn't keep it on to see that, but I'm pretty sure I've seen similar mm-hmm. alien-based in your house adverts before. Like it's one of the things where I was kind of felt was kind of deflated by the finishing then until this advert pops up and then the show just ends. And I'm like, I'll be like crusty, like, what the hell was that? <laughs> I can pull better things out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Well, this wasn't the end for the live crowd, as we talked about earlier, because there'd be three dark matches. I believe you may have had a couple included in your... Yeah, I did, I did. You had Undertaker versus Kama. Which lasted Mm -hmm. for 15... No, where was it? 13 minutes. 13 minutes and 8 seconds, that one. And then you had Tatanka and Bam Bam, who's seen it, in the main event, in a match, like... White, white Under, Undertaker won basically with the tombstone as he did, and Bam Bam won with a, a again a sunset flip. I was gonna say so. Not really much you can really see. No, like, so Undertaker won. Bam Bam won. Because he's a dark match, so like you have your disappointing DQ finish. So like let's send the crowd home happy. And, like see the, out of those ones, like well both of them still like should be on the card, but considering. They get involved later on. Why wasn't Bam Bam to Tanker on the show? Why well, would I would have loved to have seen that on the show? What? The, oh yeah, this last dark match. Bulldog versus Owen. Hey, Wrestled to a draw, but at fifteen minutes uh, it lasted. We had a quick King of the Ring qualifying match. Is the last dark match? It was actually taped and then would show on the June sixth Raw. Yeah. Be a fifteen-minute time limit draw between the British Bulldog and Owen Hart. But considering the matches those two had, yeah, of course, that like, would have been great. Like what the one over, on the tape, like the one over the European title and such. Yeah. Yeah. And that's pretty much in your house, the yeah, first ever. Yeah, pretty much in your house. I would give it, like, and purely on the strength of the first match, Yeah, I would give it a three and a half stars. Are right, we doing stars for I'm, this? I'm doing we're... stars for this one, because I don't, I think if you were giving it thumbs up or thumbs down, if you were just doing that, you couldn't give it a middle. 
on the strength of one match, you'd have to go. I, I'd be giving a middling to very close to down if I yeah, was doing that. Middling to down if you're doing, but uh, well, I'll do. I'll give it that one, and I'm middling to down. Yeah, very because close the down. first match was solid. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of the matches weren't terrible, like no. the uh, like the tag match when it's when Owen was wrestling, <laughs> and, and like some parts of the uh, the handicap match weren't bad. It's just the fact that the acoustic match kind of sold so the when, show at when, the start of the show. When Owen was in the ring, it was fine. Well, yes, when Yokozuna wasn't plodding about, feeling knackered, like, oh, I'm knackered, you've wrestled for two seconds. Yeah, you've you've moved your leg, you fat fuck. (laughs) He's leaning on the ropes so much when he's on the fucking apron, he's nearly breaking the things. Yeah, yeah. I think I couldn't go any higher than three stars, maybe two and a bit, maybe. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll give it, I'll go out there and say three because of the strength of it and the fact that, not I said the rest of the matches weren't terrible, just the first one set set the highest standards. Yeah. I shouldn't just assume that the rest of the card is shit. I just like so. No. I'm, I'm gonna go at three. I'm gonna go with three because that's right in the middle, and I think that's a perfect. Well, I, I think I'll go with you on that one. Three. I think this is a common thing. I think the first three in your houses are kind of around this level, whereas over time these will improve. Yeah, we do definitely pick up. Mm-hmm. Some of them are right up where some of them are fucking phenomenal. Yeah, definitely. And, We'll be doing our next one. Next one's like I said, this will be a one, at least a once a month thing we're going to at least try yeah. and do. Next one is going to be called In Your House Two, also subtitled In Your House Lumberjack, because obviously the main yep. event, obviously the main event is a steel cage match. Uh, I thought that joke was going to be get more than it did. Nah, oh, fuck you! I thought that was funny. <laughs> it was funny. But uh, there, there's the picture for our next one. There we go. What's, that? What's going on? Describe it to the people, Paul. Well, we have... Uh, what do we have? The, the picture's kind of shite, actually. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. You mentioned Luger. Yeah. Tag Team Championship, the Allied Powers versus Yoko and Owen Hart. And we also have a rematch. We have Intercontinental Championship match between Shawn Michaels and Double J. And we have Diesel v Sid. Again, yeah. hopefully... We'll, we'll see if this is any better than the look offering at, they had tonight. Look at Diesel's hair. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably why Todd Pettengill was told to, to cut his mouth like, no, Diesel's the only one allowed to have that hair. Yes. Dad, damn it. And said with that, Christ's sake, I'm doing this again face. When am I going to get the title? I'm supposed to be the master and ruler of the world, damn it. <laughs> Ooh. This, the next one we do will come from Nashville, Tennessee. Mm. Well, fitting because with Jeff Jarrett and also um, yes, some heel stuff. That would Nashville Municipal Auditorium. Hmm. I think I've heard that that uh, arena name before. I think it's quite a a venue that's where quite a few notable wrestling shows in the past. Yes. But Paul, I took to to Facebook to ask because uh, a lot of the stuff Did like because I said that's <laughs> the first time I've seen Hakushi in that. So a lot of the stuff on these in your houses, like the later ones, the ones that are featuring like ninety seven, maybe ninety eight. Yeah, I would have I would have known more about it or at least I've seen. Whereas a lot of these early ones that we're talking about, for me a lot of it I'll be seeing for the first time. So that'll be good. So I took yeah, <laughs> so I took to Facebook to ask people in certain wrestling groups that they had any particular memories of the in your house like series. Yeah. So we got a few responses. We got Stuart said uh, best and worst in your house moments, best bad blood, the first ever Hell in a Cell match between Sean Taker, or the worst. Brian Pillman's death, like, yeah, which, which has me think like it's not technically a thing that you can put on in your house. It's the fact that it happened the same day as, yeah, it was, had, it was, 
Well, it was mentioned on the broadcast. Yeah, you know? and one or two, they added two matches to replace the fact that Pillman couldn't have his match because he was dead. They had a midget wrestler match to replace Yeah, a that. midget tag match, and then there was a, another round tag match. I think it might have included Lost Boyquist. Yeah. Uh, Tony says, he's got a long one here, he says, wow, where do I begin? Lennon, Brett, Brett and Bulldog, get in your house five. Also, it's a bit... Uh, Triple H going ballistic after a Henry Godwin botch and Scott Hall slapping him. <laughs> Kim Shamrock beating the shit out of Vader at Revenge of the Taker and also Austin's match with Taker. That show was awesome. Kane hitting, Kane hitting Vader with a wrench at No Way Out. <laughs> that baby actually sucked, but the light heavyweight match was decent and the main event time match was fun. There's a lot of good moments. Totally. Uh, let's see. Uh, Nathan says his favourite of the In Your Houses was St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Oh. Uh, Daniel's favourite match of the Inner House series is the match from Mind Games of Owen the Bulldog versus the Smoking Guns. Yeah. Damien says his favourite match is an underrated one between Takamichi Noku and the great Sasuke at Kane's Stampede. Sasuke. Uh-huh. And Richard says his favourite Inner House is uh, Rock Bottom. Yeah. Oh. Let's see. I'm trying Rock to find some. Bottom. Sorry, I'm just going to take a moment to find any other ones. I've got, I know I've got one or two. Here we go. So Gareth just says, good luck. I don't know if he means as in good luck as in good on you with doing these series or as, as in he thinks they're shit and goes, fucking hell, good luck with that. Because <laughs> Thomas has a someone saying, be prepared for some terrible shows. Well, we had a very mixed affair with this one, so we're, we're already preparing ourselves. And Thomas, you know, you're wrong. Uh, Mike says, my friend gave me a VHS copy of In Your House 3. It was my first wrestling video, so I lapped it up. At least Brett V. John Pierre Lafitte was decent match reviewing it today. Uh, Stephen says the pay views weren't available in the UK until Ground Zero. You got the results either by a hotline or by VHS tapes from Silver Vision. Yep. And um, yeah, and then someone's arguing like, is it, was it not available on Sky? But we don't need to get into that. Yeah. And I think for the most part, that's my those are comments. So thanks. Yeah, so mo- most of the comments are either middling to negative. Well, some people talk about they have. Well, people are just mainly talking about their favourite moments, so there are ones to look forward to, whereas they do admit that the shows do vary in quality depending, like, especially these early 95 ones, they were really working stuff yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. I think by at least, by at least late 96, or when we go into 97, we'll have a good one, good one, good yeah. one, we'll have stuff that stands out. And you know, when we get to it, mm-hmm. when we get to it, I think Ground Zero kicks ass, personally. Yeah, I've heard Ah, to- good God, my but- knees are sore. <laughs> Yeah, Ground Zero, I can't wait for that. The Patriot challenging Bret Hart's. Woo. Look, I'm not going to say it was all perfect. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to say that, but damn it, give it a chance. We know the Patriot sucked. I know. and He, had he Kurt, knows he sucked. And he had Kurt Angle's music then. <laughs> yes. It was going to be a while before a, an eligible wrestler got that music. <laughs> Fucking Patriot. Tip. <laughs> with with it with his what was it his patriot missile and his his uncle his, his uncle his slam sorry his patriot missile I thought that seems like a euphemism no oh, I think that was one of his moves a patriot missile or the uncle slam oh for fuck's sake yeah he had very American themed moves it seems it may as well have been America. Oh, yeah, Alabama man. <laughs> but, well, that aside, everything we've said about like some of the matches, did you enjoy talking about it in your house? I did, it was fun. Yeah, I enjoyed it too. I enjoyed it. And I enjoyed talking about Hakushi. Yeah. 
Because I liked her cushy. Sadly, it was maybe the only time we get to see her cushy in this run. No, no. Say it ain't so, Scott. Unfortunately, it is so, Paul. But next time we talk about In Your House, we get to talk about the Allied Powers. Yay! Woohoo! I mean, at least we've got Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels will hopefully make the show worth yeah, watching. But the Allied Powers, Scott. Woo! Well, I, I hope you know I'm taking the piss. Oh, and Bulldog <laughs> are going to win, whether they want to or not. <laughs> Yay! So, that aside, we've done In Your House. Now we're on to some other important business, Paul. Survivor Series. This Sunday, you and me. I'm frightened. Yeah, basically, what is a three-on-two handicap match. Yeah. And predictions-wise, against Roger Pine's team of Nathan, Jimmy, and Reese. Oh. Oh, shake her, man. Oh. Fisticuffs. Queensbury <laughs> rolls and all that <laughs> shit. If you'll give me a moment, I I'll... bet I bet a solid 50 pence that we'll win. Oh, have more faith in us than that. I do have more faith, I just don't have more money. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I can't argue with that. Yeah, you can't. You can't. I power. So, give me, she will give me a moment. I will get out the card and we will make our predictions. Okay, so I've got the card here for Survivor Series. We'll just read it in the order that Wikipedia has it and then we'll discuss... The order that Wikipedia has it. And we'll discuss how best to... Well, because we need to be, it's a joint prediction because they, oh, okay, okay. so it's us against them. So, at first match, as it says on Wikipedia, Brock Lesnar versus Rey Mysterio in a no-holds-barred match for the WWE Championship. Well, you know, before, before uh, it was stated it was a no-disqualification match, Yeah, I was already kind of feeling, I had the feels for Rey Mysterio. Yeah. And I, st- I still kind of do. I mean, mm-hmm. Ray seems to have taken an amazing mm-hmm. jump from mm-hmm. sort of mid- He seems to be, like, he's been shoved right into the main event again. Yeah. And it seems to have happened, like... Like that, yeah. Like that, you know? Because I remember you somehow thought, was there a chance he could have won the Universal title and then it didn't even get his title shot because he was attacked by Brock Lesnar, which eventually led us to where we are now. Yeah. But I, I strongly feel that we may see a shock in mm. this one I, I do you see because we need to obviously talk about it because we yeah. need to do a joint production like for me <clears> even though there are a lot of champions being showcased and there are title matches for me the whole brand thing is what's taking precedent over actual titles so it has me thinking we won't see any title changes well because especially with Brock like, earning so much money and being like they made a big investment and they had the whole Kane Velasquez thing. I don't know if that's quite yeah, over yet. But so you, you think about it, right? Kane Velasquez has seemed kind of shit, mm-hmm. right? Now we know fine well that Ray can go. Mm-hmm. Ray's a solid fucking performer. Mm-hmm. Plus, you know fine well Ray po- properly pushed can get the fans behind him mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And plus, if you want to look about it in the way that maybe WWE would look at it. You get someone like Ray, mm-hmm. and you get the fans behind Ray, which you know you can do. Yeah. You put the belt on him. Mm-hmm. That guy is money. Mhm. Like, I, I, I get what you're saying. That guy. I mean, think of how many little masks they'll sell. I don't know, but they sell a lot of masks. Yeah, but how many little Ray masks? How how good a child-friendly champ he would be? I, I get what you're saying, but. 
I know how the company feels about Brock, and as much as I'd like to see Ray win, yeah. I can't see them taking the title off of Brock right now, because when Brock wins the title this late in the year, this usually means he's going to meaning with it, whether we want, want him to or not, and I don't want him to. See, that, that also leads me like, believe we might do a swerve on you. I mean, how many people have seen The Fiend walking out of Ground Jewel with the title? Yeah, I didn't see it happen. You know? I mean, I mean you you know that wrestling days guy definitely didn't see that coming. Yeah. <laughs> you know? He nearly broke his couch. See, but this is the thing, was the first match and we're already, like, unsure about this. Well, I think we'll, we'll come back to this one. Go okay. to the next one. What has been billed as the first of three brand supremacy triple threat matches. This is the only one that's actually had any build towards it. Yeah. We have Sheena Baszler versus Becky Lynch versus Bailey in a battle of the three women's champions. I know who I'd like to win. Mm-hmm. Baszler. I think Baszler is going because I think the way I've worked out because I know who I want two I want two of the triple threats. Yeah. And given that there's one brand left, I think that other brand will win the last one. So I think It'll come to the Survivor Series five on five on five matches. So at least somebody, one person from each brand will win one triple threat match to make it kind of even going into there. Yeah. And that'll be the decider. So I think next year we'll win at least one of the triple threats. Yeah, I, think, I think it'll be Baszler. Yeah, I think Baszler is the most likely because as much as they tried to help make Bailey not be an afterthought, I think Bailey's an like afterthought. Kind of. And Baszler, I think she could even beat Becky, I think. And eventually lead to Becky v Shane and actual feud when Shane drops the NXT women's title because they teased it yeah. and I can have a sit down because they mentioned the history with Ronda Rousey being friends with Shane and how Becky beat Ronda at Wrestlemania so I think Baszler is the safe bet for this one I think so and I also think Becky's whole thing is getting stale anyway yeah pretty much you know I think I think she's she's becoming very 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 dull very boring yeah I don't know. I'm going to make a note of she our was, She was great during that whole, like, see, through the whole women's revolution thing and all that? Yeah. And being the man and blah, blah, blah. But I think, I think her whole thing is on its course. Yeah. So I'm going to note down, we agree, Baszler will win this. Yeah. Okay, I'm just going to make a note of these, uh, cool. these predictions. So, on to the next one, the next brand supremacy triple threat, which is the Raw Tag Team Champions, the Viking Raiders against the SmackDown Tag Champs, the New Day represented by Biggie and Kofi Kingston. And the NXT Titan Champions, the Undisputed Era, presented by Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. You see, for me, I think it's the one I, w- I didn't know who I thought was going to win, and looking at who I think is going to win the other two, I think, I think the Viking readers. Uh, I was going to say, because uh, even though they randomly lost in Saudi Arabia as part of that triple, that gauntlet, so I think that meant yeah. that before the ICD OC were going to take the titles, but they didn't. We didn't. So no. and then they did the whole change on SmackDown with the New Day beating the revival for the titles. Yeah. And as much as like you think about it a big win for Kofi, like it's a variety after the whole title fiasco. Yeah. I think the Viking Raiders, despite that loss, have been protected for the most part. I think so. And they need this win more than the other because they've been doing mostly jobber like squashes even as champions so uh, they haven't really had a big defining win yet so I think no, this only, could be only it. when they won the belts yeah. you know but even then they went right back to kind of squashes yeah I think I've seen that match where they wrestled a tag team that basically looked like Kerwin White uh, or the Mean Street Posse I thought uh, they were well you know what I mean like Dockers and mm-hmm. Cardigans so 
Are we fair to say that we both think the Vikings? I think so, yes, yeah. Okay, see, we're we're getting somewhere now. <laughs> Unscrip it, Vikings, because... <laughs> yeah, you don't need to write it all down, we know who they are. So I'm too lazy. So now this is an interesting one. This is the first five-on-five-on-five on five on five match. This is the women's match. We have Team Raw led by Charlotte Flair, consisting of Natalia, Asuka, Kyrie Sane, and Sarah Logan, randomly. Yeah. Against Team SmackDown. Who Sarah Logan? Uh, she was in the Riot Squad. She's the world woman who looks like she lives out in the woods. Oh, right, right. Uh, against Team SmackDown, led by Sasha Banks of Carmella, Dana Brooke, Nikki Cross, and Lacey Evans. Against Now, this is quite interesting here. The NXT women's team has not been announced, and apparently both NXT teams will not be made clear until very last minute, hmm. which I think maybe to do with the fact that War Games is the night before. Yeah. With some people speculate in case maybe someone gets injured. Gee, I think uh, the. See, I think uh, Rhea Ripley is leading the team against Shayna Baszler at War Games. So I think if she's the second most high-profile woman in NXT the month, so I think it's going to be her that leads the team because. Under after Becky being the World Women's Champion, the next big woman on Raw is Charlotte. So that's why she's leading the team. Yeah. Same with Char- with Sasha on SmackDown. So I don't see Charlotte's team winning. I, I see. I think they're more likely than the SmackDown team because no offense to like Carmella's a former women's champion, Nikki's got great promise, and Sasha's a multiple time women's champion. But the SmackDown women's team looks utterly shite. Mm. Uh, they look like the weakest team of the whole show. I think. See, that's why. That's why it might. Still not look like win though, you know. Well, I'm wondering like I want NXT to have a good showing in that, and because some people like are worried that NXT will get squashed like SmackDown did last year, mm. and where some even though Raw's always been the flagship, some people are saying that they've done all this money with Fox and all this investment in SmackDown, SmackDown make come at the winner. So there's so many factors going in this because I think there is. I think most likely going to be the, given who's shown up on the main roster of the Deadly Invasion, the NXT team will likely be Rhea Ripley. Uh, Bianca Belair, Team Kick of Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox, and possibly Cancellary. Kind of lately, the five most likely. Mm. So, oh, geez, this is difficult. Yeah, it is a difficult one. Oh, God. And we need to make a prediction on it. Yeah, I know. And I think we should, when it comes to the five on fives, we should also think when we decide our winning team, we should think of a Soul Survivor, just in case, because I was going to suggest that to the guys at Rogue Minds as a tiebreaker potentially. Because mm. it's like, we've got the same one, but then we said, oh, but this, we said this person would survive, and you said that person, so we got that. Yeah. Just in case, because you always got to be prepared. So you could see Charlotte's team picking up the win. Possibly, it depends, because it depends on who the NXT team is. Cause Who's on Charlotte's team again? Uh, the Kabuki Warriors, who are the tied women's tied yeah. Sarah Logan and Natalia. And Natalia's. Got a weird, it's like she's Natalia, got a lot of spotlight on her at the moment because she has of, a lot of spotlight on her. But see, if you want to put it in the other way, who I think could possibly take the penultimate pin, mm-hmm. Natalia. I, I think, don't see her winning it. I think with the element of surprise, there's a chance NXT could take this. Yeah, I think so because I know you've got Charlotte and she's like one of the top women in the division, but. With the three brands, I think Raw can will take quite a few losses here. Yeah. I'm so nervous with these predictions, by the way, because I don't <laughs> want to watch Heroes of Wrestling. <laughs> Legends between, of Wrestling. Like, whatever. No, it's I is Heroes of Wrestling. In them. But Legends of Wrestling is a video game, but we've talk, also talked so much trash, I don't want to have it blow up in my face. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I mean, I'm willing to go with you, you know, I'm willing to say NXT because they have really been mm-hmm. pushing NXT hard, but I, 
I don't think it's going to be Raw. Yeah. You know, I think you're right enough. It'll come down to you or SmackDown or NXT, but I th it's making that prediction. I don't want to seem like I'm kind of taking control of the predictions, but I think that the safe bet is NXT right now. I'm I'm willing to go with you on that one. Yeah. So the NXT, and it's hard to think of a sole survivor. To, when you don't know who the winner yeah. are going to be. Yeah. Hey, we'll come back to that. I think we might end up deciding that off air. <laughs> yeah. Because it's that hard. So we're going to a similarly difficult situation where we have the five on five on five men's one. Well, go on. We have Team Raw led by Seth Rollins consisting of Drew McIntyre, Kevin Owens, Randy Orton, and Ricochet against Team SmackDown led by Roman Reigns with Ali, uh, Braun Strowman. King Corbin and Shorty Gable, or Shorty yeah. Gable, whatever you want to call him. Yeah. And then NXT team yet to be confirmed, which I think will likely be led by Champa. Yeah. Probably feature the guys he's wrestling with at Warrior, like uh, Dijakovic and Lee. Probably Matt Riddle will get involved somehow. Yeah. And God knows who the fifth guy will be. In. <laughs> but some people are speculating somebody from one of the other brands is going to jump ship and I'll probably be in this match. Like some people think. After a segment with Triple H a few weeks ago that uh, Kevin Owens will jump back to NXT. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, who knows? But. Hmm. Yeah, what I want to say, you know. See, I don't think this is the one. If NXT wins the women's one, that won't win this one. But. See, I want to say McIntyre's team. Yeah. I want to say Team Raw. Mm -hmm. I'm right with. But then again, like, I agree with you. I'm saying I'm kind of going between Ron and SmackDown because SmackDown, yeah. with all the money invested in it, and also Roman is the team captain. But some of the things like between Seth and Roman, who does he value more? That's kind of a question I'm thinking. At the minute, I'd probably say Roman. Yeah. I'd probably say Roman. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think, honestly... You, you dare recall there's been all this teasing and back and forth about Seth and his loyalty to the team. Uh -huh. You know, it could, I mean, you talk about somebody jumping ship, mm -hmm. it could be Seth. But then again, that on itself could have been a big red herring. Yeah, definitely, I think so. Because Seth went to NXT as part of like, the invasion on this week's when, on this Wednesday's episode of NXT, and he got booed yeah. quite heavily. But. See, like I said, it's between Raw, because I'd like to see like, Drew get a good showing for Team Raw, but I don't know if he will win. I mean, what is the possibility that Seth could cost his team the win, well, but still stay where he is, if you know what I mean? I think it'd be unlikely. Especially with the whole Monday Night Rollins thing that he keeps pushing and all that. He keeps pushing it, but that really could be something he's doing just to really... Mm -hmm. when it, if it happens, if everybody would be like, Oh no! <laughs> but yeah, it's a bastard when it comes to it, isn't it? it when is you a actually bastard. have to deal yeah, with predictions. Basically, we're survivor series style thing as well. Yeah, I mean, see if it was a five on five, mm -hmm. that'd be okay. But five on five on five, you're like, who's going to win? There's think, three teams now. I think Raw is Raw, kind of in WWE's eyes, they'll be, they'll always have like pay a lot of attention to Raw but that is I, true I think with all this money they're being paid I think Smackdown like, Raw has been quite uh -huh. meh I think that they'll, they'll always give love to Raw but I think Smackdown 
has a chance because even if well, with money, they'll, they'll still probably partner it for fair cross. So I yeah. think Augie oh, Smith doing this win, it won't mean much in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, that's why I'm tempted to go for SmackDown. What are you thinking? Because I'm thinking SmackDown, but I don't want to force you to think that the same way as me. See, I'm still thinking Raw myself. Mm-hmm. But see, that that's the thing, you know. Because I don't, I don't want to make it difficult for you here. But, yeah, I get. You know. I'm factoring probably factoring a lot more than I need to. Yeah, I mean you know, but I'm thinking all the people like they've got to like all the people have got in these teams that need that need whatnot and really should be built in a certain way. You've got Rollins who doesn't need it and Rollins who's kinda on the turn in the fans' eyes at the minute. Mm -hmm. You know, he's getting booed wherever he fucking goes. Mm -hmm. But then you've got Drew. Who's solid and maybe on the wrong fucking team? Probably, aye. you know, he should whatever team wins, Drew should be on that team. But considering who's leading his team, I don't think his team's gonna win. Mm-hmm. You know that's why my issue is, you know, because we also gotta consider it's easy to overthink this, but it's also easy to consider what what is in store for us if we don't win. Yeah, yeah, what's in store for us? Yeah. What's in store for us is Jake the Snake making some poor woman rub his tits. Mm-hmm. That's why we don't. That's what we don't want. And watching Yoko Zuna waddle down to that ring, <laughs> wearing a tent mm-hmm. as a, as a robe. <laughs> and don't don't we have Abdullah the Butcher as well? You can use a you could use Yoko Zuna's robe as a duvet cover for a thousand beds. <laughs> So it comes for a down, fucking super mega king size bed. So it comes down to it, like, it's a case of it's Raw or it's Smackdown. Yeah, I think we're, by the sounds of us both, I think we're discounting NXT for this one. Yeah, because I think they'll get other wins, but I think this is not the one for them. We'll have a good show in it, definitely. They'll put together a great team, but... You want to flip a coin on it? I don't know, because, like, cause Triple H also said there's one, like, one part... One person that they'll reveal for the NXT team will be like yeah. a big fucking deal and make sure I'm like yeah, so which has me like conflicted as well. But mm. we flip a coin on it all, and that's that's decision made. All right, fine. Right, so we'll say say tail smackdown head draw. Yeah, sure. But right. you flip it because I'm shit flipping. Right, I'll flip it. This is a great, this is a great strategy I'll flip for it us. You call it right. Okay. Right. Yeah. What are you calling? Uh, I'm calling tails because I was like I want to go for smackdown. Too. Tails, right? Tails. I'll flip it again because that was a shit flip. It, it did like it was. I can I can verify that, ladies and gentlemen. That was a shit flip. Yeah. Right. You ready? Feels. Oh, it's raw. So we gotta go team raw. Gotta go team raw. I hope the flip helped. I oh, so hope. I hope so too. We gotta take the hand you've been doing. Yep. All right then. Decision's been made. Okay, the final brand supremacy triple threat match: AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura versus Roderick Strong. Now, this the, Roderick Strong is not winning this. I can, <laughs> he, got, he got pinned cleanly last week by Keith Lee. Yeah. So he's, and AJ's got a title match with Humberto Carrillo the following night. So. Do you think Shinsuke? I'm thinking Shinsuke because also we've got a Raw person win the other triple threat and an NXT person win the other triple threat. So I think. Yeah, I think I think Shinsuke will win this. Part of me originally wasn't going to say Shinsuke because. Rumour was he wasn't supposed to be here, it's supposed to be Brian, and then plans changed. Yeah. So I think 
But yeah, I think he's going to... That's interesting. Because AJ, even if he drops the title the next night and loses here, he's AJ Styles when you think yeah, of it. Yeah, I love the way you pull out. He's AJ Styles, plus man. Plus, Roderick's part of the NSPA. They're a hot faction. Yeah. They've got nothing to lose. Because, wow, Shinsuke has really lost a lot in the last year of it, so... Yeah. He needs it. Nah, plus, you've got Sami Zayn who could get involved. True. So, the, the X Factors were... I think this is probably one of the easier ones here. The Fiend Bray Wyatt versus Daniel Bryan for the Universal. Fiend will win. Fiend. And if he doesn't win, what are your thoughts on the on the blue belt? By the way, on the blue belt. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of meh. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't mind it either. I don't mind it. I like I just like the Firefly Funhouse interaction with the puppets going yes and Daniel Bryan going no. They're trying. They're trying yeah. the whole yes thing and. Uh, but no, I'm I'm kind of whatever. Also, Bray took a photo of his, his kid with the Universal title and he went, Nash. Bray took a photo of his son with the belt yeah. and he said, Nash likes the blue belt, so shut the hell up. <laughs> See, now, Good on they announced a match for War Games. So it's Pete Dunne versus Killian Dane versus Damien Priest. The winner will face Adam Cole for the NXT Championship here at Survivor Series. Right. Now, given this is the NXT Championship, it's I don't see it changing hands on a main roster show, so I don't think it matters who's is. I think it'll either be Dunn or Dane. Nah. But I think either way, Adam Cole, especially because they had him beat uh, Daniel Bryan clean on SmackDown, and then he had a even though he won by it was a DQ, he had a great match with Rollins. So oh, he did. Yeah. So, so he's he's been heavily showcased out of majority of the people in NXT. So Adam Cole, I think, is a guy Triple H is most high on so yeah and he's the leader of Undisputed Era who has all the gold so I think Adam Cole has to win this yeah I think so Adam Cole the, that's so good the, the last two matches well these two matches we've just done these has been so easy The Fiend's going to win Adam Cole's going to win you see now, now we have to go back to the start again oh, oh goodness because now we have to talk about Brock Lesnar versus Rey Mysterio well let me ask you this right mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm all for taking risks, but when Heroes of Wrestling is involved, I'm... Let, let me ask you this. Give me your... Give me three of your reasons why you think definitely Brock will come away with a win. Because Ray is a veteran, so I don't know if it'll hurt him that much to lose him, though he's been going through so much. Okay. They re- WWE really loves Brock, and they pay him a lot of money. We do. And I don't know if the Cain Velasquez thing is over yet because okay. Cain's going to be in a, a a tag match at some upcoming house show in Mexico. So fair enough. Now let me ask you this: If you have them, give me three reasons why you think Ray might win it. Probably because after everything he's been through, it would be weird if he lost. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. They'd probably want to do some weird one last feel good win. Yeah. And I don't know if I can think of a third one. Well, I think, honestly, right? Because Humberto career at the moment is the is seen as the next big Hispanic star, so I don't know if race sale and mass is a big priority for them right now. True, but if you want... Uh, I mean, you look at that Carrillo guy, right? Mm-hmm. You've got Ray. Mm-hmm. Ray beats Brock, right? Mm-hmm. Ray might beat Brock with Cain Velasquez's help, or even his son Dominic's help, mm-hmm. right? Because if Ray does win it, he's not winning it clean. Yeah. You know I mean, he's winning it through some kind of chicanery, which is only okay if you're a baby face. You know and, what I mean? And also it's a no-holds-barred match, so... 
Yeah, but you know that way, it's a no-holds-barred match, so the babyface can wail on someone. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because if it's, if it's a no-holds-barred match, and that babyface is doing nothing wrong, he's within the rules, because there are no rules. Mm-hmm. Also, we've seen recently Ray come out and fucking lay into Brock, mm-hmm. and actually make him look a wee bit edged, you know? I think that's what they want to do. They want you to think, like you're thinking now, that with these attacks, that... Ray has a chance. You you want them. You so, want so you the have, fans to get behind. Really. So you'll have more investment, and it's not seen as a. Otherwise, it would have seen like a total like. Oh well, I knew that was going to happen. I thought we're to but win. Have you noticed how how many times recently the WWE has done that? Mm-hmm. Has gotten the fans to a point where they're so behind someone mm-hmm. that they're on the edge of their seats, going, "Go on, this guy's in. Go in the fucking bag. This guy's going to win it." Mm-hmm. And then they pull the rug out from under them. Mm-hmm. And that recently has not worked out very well for the WWE. Mm-hmm. Like if you're if the WWE are insisting on building me up to this high point, mm-hmm. I think and then giving you no bank from it, I think the only reason Ray's you're just like is because of the Kane thing. I think that ties into why Ray's in this position in the first place. Yeah. And obviously he was teasing retirement, so like one last big title shot, and obviously I think from here he's wanting to train his son and that. that I was going to say, if we can't decide, we might have to flip another coin here. And I don't like the idea we're using two coin flips for our predictions. Yeah, yeah. It's just, um, I have a gut feeling mm-hmm. about Ray. Yeah. You know? I have a gut feeling. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. But I have, I have in my gut, I feel that Ray might mm-hmm. win this. I mean, if we went with Ray and he did win, because I, I know for a fact that Rogue Pentagon will probably go for Brock. I mean, I wouldn't be happy about it. Yeah. But there's some part of me that it seemingly can't go with Ray. That's really, there's something about me that's, but this is, that's preventing me from going with Ray because I just don't, because like I said, this show is about the whole brand thing. Yeah. And I don't think the title matches are seen as important. Don't you have any faith in him, Scott? Tiny bit. <laughs> Is Maybe it, not enough. Your your faith in Ray is about in the, your, the size of Ray. <laughs> little bit of faith. Little, little bit of faith. Little bit of faith. Will he come out of it with his limbs attached? Hmm. Look, you stupid bastard. You've got no arms <laughs> left. <laughs> yes, I have. Look! Flesh wound. <laughs> oh, but... <laughs> At the end of the day, I mean... Uh, I dropped my pen. At the end of the day, you throw your pen away. At the end of the day, we need the decision. Are we going to have to flip the coin again? We're going to have to flip the coin again. Alright, you can call it this time. Oh, God, I don't want to call it. Well, I called it last time. Alright, right. So, what are we doing? Heads for... Heads, Brock. Tails, Tails Ray. Right, okay. I'm going to roll my sleeves up so it's not a fucking screwed up flip neither. Okay, so tails, so heads, brock, tails, ray. Heads, brock, tails, ray. Right, ready? Oh, you fucking idiot. Yep, I threw it away. I hope I find it, because that's my booze money. (laughs) Fucking hell. Do a little one. (laughs) That's two away Coins are getting thrown about. Brock, no. Ray. Come on, that's not your account. You (laughs) dropped it on the table. Do it properly. Brock. It's Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar. I mean, part of me will feel sad if Brock loses and we, we lost, that cost us a point, but you know. Yeah. 
You never know, man. You never know. Brock. So, let's go back to it. We, our predictions right now are Brock Lesnar, Shayna Baszler, the Viking Raiders, the NXT Women's Team, the Raw Men's Team, Shinsuke Nakamura, the Fiend, and Adam Cole. That's our predictions. And I think, should we do the... Uh, like I say, I don't know if they want to do a tiebreaker about, about uh, Soul Survivor, so should we save it for an off-air discussion? I think for an off-air discussion. Yeah. I mean, you can take it to our social medias and see if we post about who are... Or so sorry if it does come to that, but you know, yeah, that that's even harder thing to predict because like you've got three different teams. You know, I think who survives and all that, and yeah, that's, that's what's annoying about the show. Like you, you're looking forward to it, but it's a pain in the ass to predict. It really is. It really Too is. many factors, and you overthink it. And I think a lot of the time, like for me especially, a lot of the time I find it difficult because. I find it hard to predict against people that I have belief in, you know what I mean? Yeah. Have I have faith in and I've always liked Ray. Mm-hmm. So it's hard for me to predict that he's gonna get fucking squished. <laughs> Which he there's a very high possibility he may. I mean, but when the WWE has done such a good job of making me like, Mohan Ray, you can do it. <laughs> Kick his fucking head in <laughs> I think like again I said, I think that may be intentionally to lure you in yeah, and then do it well, all the time. <laughs> I mean, I thought Brian and AJ the last couple of weeks may have a chance of beating Brock and then they didn't. Yeah. So, you know. I mean, they already had one shock loss for Brock at Wade Goldberg 2016. That says a lot for a few years, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like pay him more. Like I said, like with this part-time deal he's on, like I think this is going to run the same parallel as his other ones because otherwise, what was the point of taking it off Kofi to do a random match with, with Kane in Saudi Arabia? And then this thing was Ray. Yeah. It seemed random, the whole New Day thing. But also, speaking of the New Day, you see the New Day are doing their own podcast starting December 2nd. Yeah. I think it's called New Day Feel the Power because they start this podcast <sighs> network. They first they did this after the bell thing with Corey Graves, which is okay. Yeah. A few episodes out and then they announced that Kofi and uh, Kofi Biggie and Xavier are going to be doing one. So. That would be cool. Yeah. And Xavier is not out for as long as I thought, is he? He's... I think... There are there rumours he can be out for up to a year because it's an Achilles tendon injury. Yeah, but I heard he was only going to be out for eight weeks or something. No, I think it's a bit what, more serious than oh. that. I See, I heard a rumour where yeah. it was like not as bad, but then obviously it is as bad. Well, the thing with this uh, it's the podcast being announced that also we've got to build, they're building to the Xavier's eventual return. Also, like you got to think people keep wondering, well, when are the New Day ever going to break up? I don't think they're gonna. This kind of shows that they may never break up. Yeah, at least not for a. They'll always be friends. At least not for a while because it'd be all quite awkward a year to do the podcast. Oh yeah, we're broken up now. Have to stop doing this podcast. Yeah. Now. Just rant. Just all three of them together. Like Big East turned on them. So. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna talk about what happened on SmackDown. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah, go. Not hand. bad. <laughs> I'm trying to think who else I'd like to see host their own podcast in WWE. Personally, I would like to see Tyler Breeze and Fandango. Oh, that'd one. be good. They the just, fashion police. Uh, they, they do, every week they just t- pick a new person for the WWE and criticise their fashion that'd sense. That'd be cool as shit. <laughs> that would actually be cool. <laughs> uh, that'd be kick-ass, man. I'd like to see like the OC, like AJ and Gals and Anderson all do their own show, just talk about Japan and shit like that, and then keep like... Keep bringing Finn in all, all the time. I'd like to see Huskus and Ramble and Rabbit do a podcast. <laughs> Wigan Bray hosts a podcast with himself. One first 
he's both the fiend and funhouse brain. Yeah. Just basically talking to himself. Funhouse fiend. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. What else could you have in a podcast? Yeah. Uh... Matt Riddle does a podcast where he just talks about weed all the time. Who? Matt Riddle. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Ugh. it's gonna be a good weekend anyway because you've got war games, you've got two different war games, you've got Finn V Matt Riddle, you got that triple thirty three will fight Adam Cole the next night. Plus I, I have my my impact to watch tonight. Alright. It's a a six, a six person match mm-hmm. to decide the number one contender for the world title. Alright. Sammy Callahan's world title. Yeah. I don't know who it is. Mm-hmm. I don't know again. Really. So, might know, but I don't want to see it. Get I'm case. looking forward to it, and if it, I do have my hopes for who it is. Mm-hmm. Who do you hope it is? I hope it's. I hope it's Blanchard. I hope it's Tessa Blanchard. Mm-hmm. But when's it? Because I I really really dig that woman. Man. Yeah. Because she's. She's cool. Man. Yeah. <laughs> she's just really cool. Right. And she's so fucking vicious. Mm-hmm. Like she has, like she comes into the ring and she's doing her like her thing. She looks all pretty and shit. <laughs> but when she gets in that ring, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Yeah, I might be all cute and pretty and shit, but you know what? I'm gonna kick the shit out of you." Mm-hmm. And you're sitting there looking at her and you're going, "Damn right, you're gonna kick the shit out of him. Fuck him, man." See, while we've been these predictions, I don't think they'll be posted. Like we're recording on a Friday. This podcast will probably go up on Saturday, and by then the predictions will have been uploaded to social media. Yeah. So there's a chance, like, if they come back to us and they end up having, like, fucking a bit, bunch of them, bunch of similar productions to us, we may have to change one or two. We may have to go the other way of the coin flip. <laughs> yeah. One or two and keep just in case. Next time we do one of these, you know what we should do? What should we do? <laughs> <laughs> we should have pictures of the con- contestants in the pay per view, right? Mm-hmm. We should have them up there with darts. <laughs> and we should do a dart predictor. Or how about next time, or if there's a next time we do this against somebody else, we just do every every prediction is a flip of the coin just to see. We might get lucky. Yeah, fuck it, yeah. <laughs> you know, well, yeah, we might actually do a proper one. <laughs> and not throw the fucking coin away. And by we, you mean you. Yeah, I mean me. I mean, we might, like I said, there's a small possibility with some of these predictions we might lose, okay, and I don't think we will, but... We won't. We're solid, man. Come We're on. Solid. You're solid. Oh, but you can't expect gloating aplenty if we win. Well, like, Because I'll be joining the Rogue Event Test for a review, which will be shared on your feed. Hopefully, Paul will, be, will join us as well. Mm-hmm. And then we'll have our actual our show as well, so there'll be a lot of gloating. Yeah, if we win. Yes. Well, should I say when we win? And we'll have to <laughs> eat a lot of shit if we lose. Yeah. <laughs> Tricks. <laughs> but, Either way, I'll be, I'll, sorry if these should be a hell of a show because the NXT thing's made this whole brand but much more interesting than it has been the last couple of years. Yes, it has. So, next week, you can look forward to the review of Survivor Series along with Rogue Pines coming up on our feed as a kind of a bonus show in the next week or so. Also, next week, we'll have us, we'll probably talk a bit more about Survivor Series. Yeah. Whether or not we won, I'll probably be gushing about another great takeover with War Games. Well, if we if we win, I'll have a cool little surprise for our listeners if we win. All right. But also, with that, like, Paul could probably watch NXT TakeOver if you wanted and, and Survivor very true, Series. Very true. I'm although, going to. Although, uh, I'll be watching Survivor Series live, so you'll likely get a message from me 
and you can you can basically gauge for that message whether or not we won or not. You can send me you can send me a little thing going hooray or ah, <laughs> and there was much rejoicing. Yay. So we'll talk about that, and then next week we've got a double phase of the first two episodes of season, season four. Four, yeah, and uh, we've got some special things planned in the next month or so. Obviously, next month, some point in December, we will do the next. In, in your, your gaff. In your gaff, yes. <laughs> Sorry, I need to get used to saying that. Yeah. And we've got much more to come, and we'll be talking about that in the weeks to come. When it happens, we'll be letting you know what's coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Great great content from you there, Paul. Indeed. 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 Yes. So, <laughs> so, Paul, I'm thinking for the outro of this episode, we need the theme song of someone on the show. But who? We, we could just have the theme song for In Your House. No, I'm going <laughs> to put that. I'm going to put that at the start of the show. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Who do we have? I want to say Diesel, but he seems a bit generic, and his match wasn't that good. Why don't we just have the best music on it? Why don't we have Sid's music? Like, have we not used Sid's in the past though? We have. Fuck it. Let's just use Sid. His he probably does have the best music he on the actual does. show. Yeah. Or we could own hearts on this show because you know you said the music high energy. Yeah, fuck it, we'll use high energy. Yeah, yeah there you go. That's <laughs> Woo. saved it. See, why can we even disagree on some of the predictions we're doing now? <laughs> oh. so if you like, if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to check out our back catalogue of other reviews and yes. other ramblings on Anchor, Spotify, Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcasts. All Android podcasts yes, and sites. Try and figure out the weird fucked up minds of Scott and Paul. <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter. If twi- you figure it out, let us know. <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter at SPRLB and get me at ScottBuckLeaf1986 and our Facebook page you can like. It's facebook.com forward slash Ram Podcast. All the links to our shows and all the podcast platforms we're on are on there. Yep. And you can like us on on Twitter and tell us, let us know if you want us to win. Are you rooting for us? Or are you rooting for Rogue Opinions? Who do you think is going to win? Are you team rambling? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you team rogue or team rambling? There yeah. you go. <laughs> team rambling. Yeah. Number one. Woo! And <laughs> <laughs> uh, we can be like Owen Hart next week if we win. Yeah, we did. We, we did, did it all by ourselves. Yeah. I'm a winner. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're we're getting sidetracked. We're, it's best we wrap up now. And yep. hope you enjoyed the review of yours. Hope you enjoyed us arguing about. Well, not arguing, but us. Struggling to come up with our joint predictions. Yeah, I don't think there was any arguing in it. Well, not arguing. Mild discussion. Yeah. (laughs) And hope you enjoy Ah. this outro music we've got. It's High Energy Owen Hart's theme song. Hell yes. See you next time. See ya. (laughs) 